Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 186 of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I'm Jim. I'm going to be joined by Eric in just a little bit. But before we get to that, let me tell you where you can find us all around. We are on Twitter at Weird Science DC. If you follow us, we'll follow you back. We have a website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where we review most of the issues that come out each and every week. And to remind everybody, DC has decided to drop all of their comics on Tuesdays. So you end up having the DC reviews coming out on a Tuesday as well as the comics coming out. We also have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can go to support us for all the podcasts we do and also get a ton of other podcasts as well. And with that, we have the biggest show, I think, of the week each and every week is the DC Comics Patreon only spotlight where we end up talking about two books that are picked by the badasses of the fresh crew and with that all up until now with all this shutdown and quarantine we've been doing kind of mixing in classic books kind of like the episode tonight at points only up in classic books when we didn't have any new things coming out well more and more new books are coming out, especially starting next week. Next week, you're going to get a lot, and then June, it gets more. So you're going to get a lot of new books. So pretty much, we're going to be going back to two books, two new books on the Patreon-only spotlight. The only way to listen to those is to join up to listen. And this past week, we had a classic and a new book, and the new book was Deceased the Unkillables number three, which me and Eric both loved. And really, I know that Eric would say, spoilers, don't do- why not tell everybody what we get? We both gave it a nine out of ten on the Patreon. We both really enjoyed it. So if you want to hear something that me and Eric both enjoyed, and I think that a lot of people who read it enjoyed it as well, you can go over. We also did Swamp Thing. Number 56, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, number 56, a classic that was a book that Reggie had told me to read over and over and over. Well, I finally got to it, Reggie. We ended up doing that, and I really did enjoy it. So did Eric. But with that, with the idea that the bad asses pick all these books and everything that we do... This is the Badass Roll Call. This is the shout-out to the bad asses as we go through the roll call. I'm, I'm stalling because I have to pull this up, but I forgot where it was. Hey, we have Manship, T-Funk, D-Ron, Blue Hollywood, Optimus Prime 99, Lone Wolf Marv, Lawrence Lee, Niels T-Wart, my man Rob Lewis, Dalton Needham, Christian Fouls, Ken Halleck. Lady Abby, I'm having problems here. Nick Adams, Mark Jager, Josh Vermillion, Aldrin Stoja, Manga Mark, Eric G, David Fink, Brandy Murray, Bobby Bain, Brian King, back. It's nice to have him back. Bill Bear, Thomas D. Felrath. I wish it was Thomas D. Felrath the third. Cam, Forrest Pauly, Tony Walton, Joey Bear Costco, Joseph Watch, Sick Comic Boom Rocky, D Man 3000, All New Dave, Carlos, My Man Pete from NYC, Polly P Down Under, Cellar Dweller, Luis, Ulysses Jones, Hakeem, Double A Ron, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Missy T, Ruben, and from now on, every time we go through this badass roll call, we will end with the big guy. Reggie is an all-time great. He will always be mentioned as the last 
person in the badass roll call. And Reggie, the next time I'll make it so that you fit into the song there. I'm sorry about that, but that's a shout out to Reggie. Actually, Ruben suggested that. So I thank Ruben for suggesting that. I think it is a really great deal and he's all time he's all time great so reggie is always going to be the last of the bad asses but with all this stuff going on with the new comics old comics things like that i also want to mention that we end up having a show that's going to usually come out on a friday night that's a show that i do by myself it is a spotlight show but unlike the spotlight shows from before I end up numbering these. They are going to be the odd number shows with the even show being this big one on Sunday. And if you haven't listened to the other spotlight show, it's a, it's a shorter show. It's going to be the books that we don't normally cover on the big show. This past week, I ended up doing some of the digital first stuff, including the surprise drop of the new deceased digital only book, but also some of those books like a Batman Gotham Knight I did and the Superman, what Man of Tomorrow, I believe it's called. But yeah, things like that. And then as we go into the new books coming out more and more, they will be some books on that show that we don't normally focus on the main show, stuff like the Black Label stuff, things even like the Green Lantern Season 2, maybe the Terrifics next week, I believe I'm going to try to do that, stuff like that, things that if you're on the Patreon, I ended up having a bunch of catch-up episodes where I ended up reviewing a bunch of books that we skipped over, never did, and that kind of is going to lead into the Spotlight Show, but I know there was a little bit of confusion because the older Spotlight Shows, we never would number them. The numbered show was always the one big one. I figured, why do the work and not get the credit for the numbers? I love to skew the numbers, even though later on in the podcast, Eric says that that's skewing the numbers, but I think if you're doing the work, it doesn't really skew the numbers. It's actual legacy numbering, I'd like to say, but... With all of that, just as a little PSA there about that other show. But hey, we're going to go off now to have me and Eric talk about a couple new books and then uh, some classics and also some mail that ends up a lot of people wanted to write in and talk about Reggie. So I'm going to be doing that in a little bit as well. So I hope you enjoy the show and I'll talk to you in about two minutes. Oh, yes, here we are with Jim's reviews and an Eric review. We have two I books guess. in this first section. 
And I'd like to welcome Eric. I'd like to welcome you to the podcast. Oh, I'd like to you. welcome everybody listening. Plus, I'd like to welcome Red Hood and Wonder Woman to the first section of books. They, they have not it's been in time, this first huh? section for a while. Uh, and it's Has only Red Hood ever not been many. in the first section? See, I was thinking I while this was I think Wonder playing, Woman did at one point. Oh, Wonder but Woman probably had been, and, and maybe there's an annual Being a part week, of the Trinity and whatnot. Red Hood, the only time that that could have been in the first section was when it started out in Rebirth with Dexter Soy, so that we liked it a little more. Or the idea that there weren't books that I'm just matched going up with a week. Batman. I'm telling you, I'm saying maybe there was one time that there was like a Batman book and then that was the only other one like, well, that's kind of a bat book and we threw it in, but I doubt it. I, I really well, do welcome doubt to the it. first section, Red Hood. Well, yeah, yeah. Welcome, Wonder welcome. Woman, possibly hey. welcome back. Yeah, and, and it's Steve Orlando Wonder Woman. This has to be one oh of my. the first, right? I mean, we have at points not even covered the book when Steve Orlando was doing it. We bailed. Jeremy, thank uh, God that he came in and saved our butt on the side. And and he he has a love-hate relationship with Steve Orlando, which I do as well. And Steve Orlando is going off. I don't know exclusive, but going off to Marvel, usually how DC plays that is you get cut off. You know, they don't like to play that game and you're done. So we may not see a lot of Steve Orlando on this podcast for well, a Well, baby, bit. we'll always have Gotham City Monsters. Yeah, well, we'll have that and I'll have his book over there Midnight at Marvel. Apollo. Maybe I doubt it, but <laughs> we have all this going on. But we do have a Wonder Woman book that we've been talking about and it's, you know, one of the big problems is it's not really getting very far in a story. It, it is it, Well, had, it feels a lot like Steve Orlando's Supergirl run. Yeah. Well, at least Supergirl, you, you have stuff. This book ends up where you thought that this Four Horsewomen story was the big thing, but yet it never was in each issue. You'd get a little bit. And but now it is. And now it is. But, you know, I can't That's called say. Setup. Well, I can't say that the setup really ends up making it so that when this issue hits, you, you hit the ground running. Uh, you actually hit the kind of the wall speared in, maybe. Does that Is make sense? Is it weird to you that we have War Master, we have Genocide, Armageddon, and Devastation, but War Master's not part of the four horsewomen that we have to then try to recruit Donna Troy? We have four women of destruction right here, but War Master, she's just kind of the ahead of she's not a part of this no, whole thing. No, We're gonna she, recruit she's Troy. the leader is what she is <laughs> as we go but before we go into this proper i will say proper. that everybody if you want to go and listen or read the reviews on our sites we have reviews for all Good the books we're talking tonight you can listen there's speech to text that's how you usually do your things how dare uh, you it is uh weird science dccomics.com and as we go forward with these things, we are going to get more and more new books. Uh, so right now, though, we're still finishing up some of the classics that are here later on. But this section is the rest of the new books since the, new, the, new. the Unkillables ended up being on the Patreon Spotlight, a book that we really enjoyed. And it's a shame. And what a book it was. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> nine, out of, nine out of ten by Eric Shea is uh, unbelievable. And so if you want to hear Taylor that. sure could finish up that miniseries so well. Yeah, and one of the few guys who actually can finish up a story it seems some of these guys they first off they're meandering during the stories and then have a thud of an ending we'll see how steve orlando goes we're going to start right off here with wonder woman number 755 written by steve orlando art by jesus moreno vicente sifuentes who every time i see that i think a soul caliber 
Eric, I think uh, Romalo Fajardo Jr. and Pat Brusso. After slowly setting up the whole four horsewomen story. That's his name. That's what it always makes you think. After slowly setting up the whole four horsewomen story, Steve Orlando begins his four horsewomen story this week with recap, exposition, and editor's notes. It's nice to finally get a whole issue devoted to the story, but Orlando still seems to want to stretch things out with a lot of talking and not much doing. We do get Donna Troy maybe being recruited. Paula and Diana agreeing to disagree on the Valkyrie Amazon issue and genocide trying to fight her way to Themyscira. But by the end, the pacing of the story and heavy exposition are the biggest enemies to Wonder Woman. And that's my biggest problem with this, though I don't hate the issue. I ended up getting some shade thrown at me yeah, on the site. The thing is, I wanted to throw shade at you because people were throwing shade at me. I hadn't read the issue yet, but after reading it, I'm like, gosh darn it, I freaking think I like this more than Jim, even though there are some problems with the storytelling. But overall, a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with, very interesting. The storytelling pacing is off. It has been since Steve Orlando jumped on this book again. And I want more, but I can't give him too much of a bad score because I want more. That's what you're supposed to do. It's just that in this day and age and what we usually get with the comics, you don't get enough story. And a lot of this jumping into part one of the four horsewomen, I kind of think that he... Ended up, we we recapped. We we end up recapping a lot of stuff that we got, but you haven't gotten enough up till now to pause at this part one to get everybody up to speed. You got to hope that everybody was reading some things as the recruiting went on. And just some of the ways that he frames the scenes, like all of a sudden Diana starts talking, well, you know, when when I helped this Helen, when, when she was younger, like all of a sudden she's just talking about that and then gets teleported to Helen, who, you know, Paula Von Gunther, she's realized. Oh, and that is something I hate so much in comics that the idea that we just have to have a thing where it's like, you know what today is, Nora? It's the day that I saved this woman named Helen Paul <laughs> from her Nazi family. <laughs> Helen Paul? Oh my, you've been behind the scenes this entire time and I now I'm just thinking about you and this happens? Oh my. I hate it. And, and hate it's, it so much. It ends up feeling so forced, so the, just the it throws you out. The worst part is, how great would it have been? And she's teleported and doesn't even recognize how to, and like the shock of the idea that Helen has gone, like right there. That, that, that's just a great thing for anybody to see. The idea that she's teleported right as she is thinking about Helen Paul. Oh, that woman I tried to save that one. Whoa. The, the greatest thing, too, is as that's going on, you have, you know, one of her little deals going around where, yeah, and her uh, wellsprings. Her wellsprings. The, the, the her weird progression, I'm telling you, teleport people. there was the weird progression, but when she she ends up getting yeah you have paula watching this scene watching the scene where diana says i i frame the truth to spare the pain it it, it has bothered me since yeah pretty much singing the tune that paula will sing but she's Bearing her she's watching this. everything i'm saying everything that paula wants to hear she is saying right there and that's the one of my biggest problems, because we do spend a lot of time with Paula trying to show us her motivation, Wonder Woman showing us her motivation for why she tried to save Paula and the, the background, the whole thing. But no matter how many times that these two women talk to each other about their different things, it doesn't go anywhere because the whole thing is – and it's the whole argument. It's like, Diana, you told me that the Amazons, they held back the Valkyries who tried to attack Themyscira. But you know what? How do you know that you weren't told a lie? I was told by my ancestors who are talking to me right now thanks to the spear that it didn't happen that way. And I'm just thinking to myself – 
well, how can we just have a he said, she said situation where it's like Wonder Woman? Hey, how about you? T- how about you aren't getting the full story from your ancestors? I'm like, it's just it's a blatant idea for how many times for Paula is saying, how do you know you haven't been lied to? I'm like, well, how do you know you haven't been lied to? Paula, it, shut it, the fuck it up. It can never end. It'll go back and forth. The thing that I do like is one little bit where you do have Diana. Of course, she's going to go lasso and saying, I'm telling you the truth. Here's the lasso. And then Paula saying, well, you're telling the truth that you know. And it actually made me sit there yeah. and think like, yeah, the, the lasso yeah. really doesn't have abilities to see what it, it's just sensing Thankfully. the truth in you. So, yeah, I like that. I actually like that thing. But it's just he said, she said, or she said, she said, Eric. And, exactly. and really, I'm sitting there and I, I'm a superficial guy. I, I hate to admit it. I, what I mean is I'm a piece of crap. And I'm sitting there uh-huh. like, uh-huh. huh, I got you. there's Diana. There's her truth. Boy, she's she's pretty, Diana. She's nice. <laughs> the, these ancestors, they're, they're just skulls. And one of them actually, to me, looks like it was in the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's ah, melting face. I'm like, I'm not listening to them. I mean, really. <laughs> well, even, even if we get past the idea that she's not seeing her ass and whispering her ear and all this stuff. Let's just know that her family is associated with Nazis in the past. Well, Steve Orlando has tried to and continues in this issue to try to get away from that because they were, but Steve Orlando wants to make... That's like saying, you know, the Red Skull wasn't that bad in the Marvel movies because he was only like using the Nazis for his own thing. They end up saying to Von Gunther's, well, we just use the Nazis. It's such a weird take to try to make a you know a villain that you can kind of be sympathetic for a sympathetic villain here by saying because really you could just go your your family's all nazis go to heck and <laughs> but instead i helped you i instilled a sense of american freedom and pride into you i gave you a family a job i helped you Every step of your life, now you got a spear and say, fuck you, I'm a Nazi? What is this there shit? There is a weird little twist here, too, that it turns things a little where it seems that Paula, to me, is saying, you took me away from my parents because they were telling me the truth, but they were white supremacist piece of craps. These look, weren't we, Valkyries we got, that were your let's parents. Let's dig a little bit deeper than the surface here, Paula. Come on. Yeah, because she's like, oh, you, you, my parents, they, that's what they were trying to teach. What, what? They, they weren't talking Valkyries. They were talking, you know, pretty much white White supremacy, it was nonsense, but you do start out. if you out- want to go back to the Valkyrie thing, maybe there was something where the Valkyries were attacked by Amazons. Amazons defending themselves through Valkyries. Who knows at this point? They both had their different stories. But once we move up through the generations, the hundreds of years between this whole thing, when we get to Nazis, you got to know that you're on the wrong side of this yeah, whole deal. Yeah, that you're going the wrong d- deal. You're always on. But you do start out, too, where, again, if you're going to frame this stuff, and you do have Donna Troy in the book, really pushing the idea well Donna you know you've been a bed butt for a while and you've been having Uh, some problems but it starts off with her saving a kid that to me is supposed to be framed with the whole idea oh no there's a future villain for Donna because that's what happens this whole thing going on, I love that Donna Troy is being featured in the Wonder Woman book because she doesn't have anything to be featured in right now, especially when we take on the whole act of, you know, the four horsewomen at this point where we have devastation talking about, look, Donna, you and I were both created as a weapon to kill Wonder Woman. You had a bad run of everything. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, what is the full continuity of Donna Troy at this point? Was she still married? Did she have a kid who they like, you know, did they end up getting killed still and all this weird stuff? Or are we just dealing with the most surface level well, stuff? Well, even that if we've the seen? surface level stuff would involve the Titans 
guns, stuff like that. Exactly. I can't yeah. say that Nightwing that's, getting shot. I, is yeah, that all we're I, dealing but with? But I can't you know, even that, say like, that that's all a bad run. She was with her, but you know, friends at one point. I have to assume that all we're dealing with because we're just I pretty much spelling it out is is Donna Troy finding out that she was not who she thought she well, was, that, and that she was and supposed I to be think a weapon. Going with the infection as well, but which this is whole odd. thing. Donna Troy, though, I hate the infection all around. Anything the Batman who laughs infected, I hate every part of that. But because honestly, we never did anything with it except for you're infected, you're infected, you get a car, and this happens. But how cool would it have been to actually done something with the Deathbringer, Donna Troy, and have her actually a part of the Four Horsewomen while she was Deathbringer and do something with that arc instead of just having Donna here as Donna? Yeah, and I know that the infection's done, but why couldn't you extend it here? Nobody would have cared. You could have had, had it be in a little bit of. Donna Troy's death and she didn't, didn't do anything all. really in that no. whole infection deal it would have made so much sense and it would have given this story and the Wonder Woman book to me it would have elevated it with the idea Give that the infection's going on and instead of Wonder Woman going off to Smallville hey Supergirl stop <laughs> these infections you end up having her <laughs> trying to save Donna Troy makes and sense to it me. It would have been great, and you would have had the old deal. sister. I'm telling you, just call her. I know that she's Deathbringer, but th- also that sounds like a pretty kick-ass four horsewoman name, right? Yeah, right. Or Armageddon, Genocide, Devastation, and Deathbringer. Deathbringer. It, it it seems like this is a what you would like to call an up to the plate home run. It would have made so like much sense, and you could have just done it. Nobody would have said, "Well, what's going on?" You just have it that you know. Go with Brian. Michael Bendis, that guy's dealing with a wonky deal. So you'd have that, and it would be so good because you'd let Donna Troy end up joining up in the Four Horsewomen, but then you would get Wonder Woman not only bringing the Four Horsewomen down by the end, but also saving Donna Troy from the infection, or at least at the end, the infection stops. You know, you can yeah. even play with that, like right at the big death, but oh my God, what am I even doing? Even if you want and to go with the lackluster her. ending of the infection, because no matter what, you get a lackluster ending with all the infection going on but wrap her up in that lasso show her her truth beat this affection the so end weird though for donna troy here now that you, now you get me all fired up because <laughs> she's here being recruited to be these uh, she has to think in her head like i just got done this infection i am not going that <laughs> route again I, i'm already you know l- people are looking at me out the side of their deal and, and talking about it i gotta stop this plus troy stuff like all this stuff please let me just be good for at least a couple months much holy no there's three problems with this whole book in my mind you know the biggest problem actually the the, the smallest problem is, is something that i don't think i'll ever be able to deal with it's a small thing that nobody will really care about but we like you said in your book we have a bunch of editors notes pointing out a bunch of things now that we're at wonder woman 755 we're pointing out you know wonder woman 75 and here i am not remembering at what point we made the jump and i'm never gonna know at what point it happens to me with the whole flash i'm telling Legacy you flash, numbering. flash yeah. i know 50 of oh, the end of the the flash, yeah, flash war, war. Yeah. and then after that i don't know where the numbers change and stuff we so said that's, this that's would a be small, a problem that's the smallest of the problems the second problem in my mind is the idea well donna troy should have been Deathbringer this whole time it would have been yeah. the coolest thing oh, ever for that character and actually brought us you know a kind of continuity to the batman who laughs that made sense for the wonder woman book so but we're not dealing with that it's a shame because it could have been cool but the biggest problem of all is we're dealing with wonder woman versus war master paula van gunther who just wants to keep shouting her motivations yeah. but her motivations 
aren't really that well thought out in my mind because like you said in your review or in your comments too the, on the website about the idea that she's being controlled by her ancestors more like than she's believing be what's case. going on I want that to be the case yeah, because otherwise she gets some you know spirits talking to her all of a sudden she's pro anti Wonder Woman and I'm like but, but why? Because, yeah. you know, it, it's not enough from what we're no, seeing the on the page. No, the idea of Wonder Woman going to save her from, you know, these awful parents. Also, this is the thing. She ended up grabbing. Somehow it's know, a lesser silver swan. Yeah. And she grabbed Helen, ends up, okay, her family, white supremacists, all these things going on. She took, It's not exactly, yeah, Wonder Woman was there to say, hey, I want you to help. But there are other things involved, like the government, social services, things that did get her into and wonder woman did unlike silver swan did keep track of her has talked to her it's just the idea that once you end up having helen touch the spear she ends up realizing she's paula van gunther you took away it's almost like you took away my childhood things like that though it's not because she was doing good at the worst you can imagine it's it's you and me just going around. Right? Oh man, I found this magic spirit. It's got my family name written on it. Home, oh, yeah. pick this thing up. I I just see all my ancestors coming through. They're a part of the Third Reich and yeah, stuff I'm like saying, that. The and first like, thing you see I'm, are Nazis. Put down that like, spear. That's the thing. Is like who put that down? Scratch my name <laughs> off that. Yeah. Bury it where nobody will ever find it. And don't like, act like anything ever happened again. And somebody's knocking. Hey, are you in there, Helen? You're looking at the spear. Put it down. Yes. I am here as Helen and just leave. And and like, I don't need that. But the other thing was this whole trying to tie it in. And again, Steve Orlando in the Gotham City Monsters, he does like to pull a lot of the things he's done, but also does work well with continuity, which is a shame with the Warmaster stuff, or not the Warmaster, the Deathbringer stuff. I think it would have played out really well. But, you know, you do get mention of Leviathan. It's okay. You end up having Diana very worried. Feels like the weirdest thing to it throw is. in here for well, Paula Van Gunther because we need a goes. reason for her to become War Master in this whole thing. And we saw in Wonder Woman Annual number three, I think it was, where Leviathan came to her, offered her the yeah. spear. I'm like, okay, you need a reason for Paula Van Gunther to become the War Master to know who she is. And the thing is, tying Leviathan in, which you want to freaking separate yourself from immediately after you have him well, in that's here the because. It doesn't feel like anything that Leviathan would do because pretty much as we've seen throughout, pretty much you're a part of Leviathan and that's it. You don't have little offshoots like War Master doing her own thing. You know, I'm like, and like, you know, I'm using Leviathan for my own means, Mike. Well, why is he letting this go on? And again, if we want to do all this and we want to play around with stuff and change stuff, if we're going to script Doctor with the Deathbringer stuff, this would have, I think, served better as a offer from Lex. I think that that spear given to her to take down a Wonder Woman, that, that would have been better because, like you said, you end up having the whole Leviathan thing where you need that to set it up, but then you don't want to deal with it ever again. So you end up saying, well, I just used Leviathan. Well, what does Leviathan have to say about Seriously. that? And all this stuff going on, all this tech that he seemed you know, to give her just to kind of have her grudge going, like I said, it seems more like a year of the villain. It does thing seem like an offer, yeah. yeah. And so when you're going through this, it's a shame. Maybe you know, if this book could have been taken back and done eight months ago, maybe we would have had a better story in my mind. Because when you get down to Troy, she's, hey, you know, you were made to to kill Wonder Woman just like me, and I know you're pissed about it. And she's just like, no, I don't think so. Let's fight. We're gonna fight. Suck at devastation. And so you're left to think, what's gonna go on? Uh, and, Getting smashed. Because I can only think that, that she's still going to end up being 
the fourth horsewoman in a way that maybe she's manipulated or changed because well, who else is it going to be? We're already well, starting the, the story. I just think the war master is going to say, fuck it, I'm the fourth horsewoman. I guess. She's like, let's talk semantics here. I should have always been the fourth. Why are we wasting our time? Uh, but yeah, when you end up with Diana and Paula, if you're just going into this, maybe it would be a little more interesting. You know, you do hear the Valkyries were right. No, they weren't. Yes, they were. You have that he said, she said deal going on. But we've kind of heard this over and over. The only thing that I thought was intriguing was the idea that Diana says, I, I was trying to save you. I really care for you. You're my sister. And Paul, sister? And you do see in the panel there, there aren't those ancestors. And then the next yes. panel, they are going nuts. Like they're really yelling okay. at her and controlling her. She, she, she's and, starting to think for herself, everybody. Yeah, Let's get back in the game. That's the most interesting thing, I think, in the entire issue. The idea that when not only did she grab the, you know, the spear and see what her past was but it's also manipulating her to do this so then you have an out and it's showing me right there that's the out wonder woman is going to end up doing what every hero does in the cliched way of saving paula why did you save me i'm your enemy we're never enemies you're my sister all right high five so essentially what you're telling me like the thing is i'm going to nitpick the shit out of this book even though i still like a lot of aspects i'm not gonna say i love it i just don't hate it the weirdest part though is now that we have paula van gone through Warmaster talking about her motivations, her ancestors, everything. For to find out ultimately that her goal is for Wonder Woman to give up Themyscira yeah. and let her go and finish her Valkyrie freaking work Which, and killing Amazon. Like that seems you've like you just you're, turned you're this into cheated it. now. Yeah. You gave her a, a magical weapon, and who wants to go to Themyscira? I'm like. This is just the cheetah well, arc all over again with War Master. Also, now. if it, say we're on a trial here and we're on a trial, okay. So you think the Valkyries ended up going for knowledge to Themyscira, but they were attacked. Like, then what is the solution then? Of I'm going to go back to Themyscira and just destroy everything. You're you're kind of bad now. It, it is revenge, but you're you're kind of just proving yourself to be bad and finishing off what the Valkyries started. Well, you said that they never did start, so it's just an odd deal. And also, how many guns does she have? Because she pulls a gun on Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman breaks it, and then later she pulls out another one. She's got, like, all the guns. And the only thing that she can do, she runs the spear through Diana, and she's stuck on the wall yeah. so that Diana then can Diana. stick around. I, I wonder <laughs> if she puts the lasso around the spear, would then the spear have to tell the truth to Paula because tr- I, are we may trying happen. to freaking, you know, change the polarity of the neutron? I think here? so. Oh, so I do think it's badass where you have spiked shoulder pads with a button that you press and a she's, video screen I think she's goes part of up. The, you know, the Road Warriors, the Legion <laughs> of Doom. So cool. But yeah, the art's great. I will mention that. I think the art is great. But the Donna Troy stuff doesn't do anything. She's just standing there. They're about to fight the whole issue. You kind of jump back and forth with that. And the Wonder Woman and Paula stuff just keeps reiterating the same thing. You ended up not doing what my ancestor da da da. And then all of a sudden we have a flashback of the same thing. Then we talk about it again. And then hey, by the end. Remember when Grail got a bunch of the yeah. Amazons, betrayed the other Amazons? Yeah. Your people ain't yeah. that great. I, was, I, was, I thought she meant the circle at first. I thought that's really turning in. It might as well be the same well, thing because we're 
we're dealing with it in the classics. There's only one thing. And I thought of this while I was doing my review and reading again for this. She says that you Amazons have gone against each other and have a get gone against honor. I don't think the circle quite goes against honor. They're still trying to be honorable just in their own <laughs> way. But they Let's did kill go babies. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> you know, they never acted without honor. And it's also funny, too. I hate when you get two panels in a row with these editor's notes and old Paul, the editor, he's excited about it because dad, they never acted without honor. They did in Wonder Woman 75. Paul, then the next one. Are they not strong enough? They were. It's like, what are you doing? Remember, and then it remember that story with Maxima we just did? Yeah. Check this yeah, out. Yeah, I'm telling you, you're like a whole culture can be built on a lie. If the lie's strong enough, it could. Paul is there. He's way too over-enthusiastic. Somebody stopped letting him do the meth. And I don't know. That's just me thinking that, Eric. Wow. That, that is a latch. Maybe he's drinking too much coffee. But yeah, so you have all this going on, and then it just ends with you have all this talk, all this nonsense back and forth to just finally say, oh, and by the way, a genocide's about to break into Themyscira, so, but you can't because you, you already spelled this. You know, there's a lot of things going on. And you got to understand, you got to be able to turn over the Themyscira portal to us, yeah. stop everybody who's protecting it, because if you don't, We're genocide's going to yeah. go and kill Boston, going to kill all the protectors. Yeah. And just looking at the idea of the portal of Themyscira that we have, which – I don't remember there just being a portal like like this yeah, in Boston. Yeah, it seemed to be like a portal. Happened, but, but this is the thing. The I actually that- wondered where – I never thought that it was really spelled out that that's why – and it makes sense then. That's why she's in Boston. Agreed. But I, I just, just don't thought remember it was being there. like a sliders freaking you know, yeah. portal like this whole yeah. thing. And this the idea that like, all right, Wonder Woman's off dealing with some stuff. But, you know, don't worry. We have Aztec Strange Visitor and somebody else is hanging out protecting yeah. like – yeah, Man, that's weird. It is weird. When when did they get involved? When are they helping? And, you know, strange visitor, get your ass to Manhattan and help down to Troy. You, you got two on one already. Uh, but, yeah, all this going on. And then it, it is. You have 33 seconds uh, left to decide. I think that is a shout out to Boston's own Larry Bird. Eric is what I say Uh, but yeah all this going on also you have little asides where Wonder Woman goes to goes to talk to an elementary school and just like hey everybody here you know you should rebel and and do nonsense fight the power yeah really that's all it is and I'm wondering why you end up having Nora Nora's the one who set this up and you gotta run through what you're gonna talk to you know hey Diana what do you think you're gonna talk about well more of a you know do it on the day kind of woman and and I'm gonna talk about how you know you should fight the power no no I don't think you should do that but also just the progression too where they're there at the school she's like hey everybody all you kids here you know elementary school kids fight the power don't listen to people and then you have the big thing that Nora gets mad at these teachers can't even get these kids to put on snow pants. What? That, that, I just that want to know what a teacher line. in my life tried no. to ever get me to put on snow I'm pants. You, they say that I think it's cold. The next thing, I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> snow pants. And then they say, let's continue this conversation All at right, home. children, put on your snow pants. You're now my cocaine mule. I, I like yeah, really. And next thing we're going down Mexico way, you end up where, hey, and you had that continuing narration in the next scene. But the next scene is these two. You didn't need it. Like, let's continue this conversation at home while they're at home. <laughs> I'm like, this is a weird pacing, a weird idea. Snow pants. I, I don't get it. I really don't. I, I don't think I ever Snow wore. pants. Snow pants in my house growing up, that, that meant 
jeans or cords as I had back in the day. I, I didn't have snow pants. Is I always want snow pants to this day. Being a grown man, haven't bought them, but I still Here's always the thing, want though. snow pants. It, it, you go to school, right? I'm a weird person. If you're going to school – uh, your mom and dad want it would have put your or yourself. You put the snow pants on going to school. Yeah. Then the only way that the so at the end of the day, first off, if I don't want to put my snow pants on, that's my damn business. But if I, do, I'm gonna have to carry them home. I mean, what is the snow pants? I don't get it. Is this a Boston thing? Is this a Southie thing? I think it's code. I don't know what's going on. It's so weird. But yeah, even in that scene where that's where Diana and Nora then are talking about the whole idea of Helen slash Paula von Gunther that has bothered Wonder Woman. And I'm telling you, even the progression of this deal where you see this little bug, it is the wellspring, but it's going around. You end up having Nora, oh my God, this is hilarious. And then Wonder Woman, oh no, uh, this thing's circling us. I thought it was a mosquito, but it's a small, and she squishes it. And I think that the panel progression then, because I thought that she thought at one point that Pegasus was trying to teleport her. Because what, Diana? Pegasus? I'm like, I don't know what you're doing here. There's a bunch of weird progressions and things like that. But overall, I didn't hate it. Neither. It gives you a start to the story, which I've wanted. You end up telling people if they didn't know, you really shove in the whole Paula von Gunther deal. Uh, You get a bunch of exposition, tons of exposition. And then you set up. Maybe a cool thing, but it really at the end she just has to decide again if Boston is worth getting. Boston, well, you know, she hasn't seemed to love Boston eh. that much anyway. It's just getting destroyed, and really after all this, Boston better get rid of her. They better kick her out because that city is getting destroyed by her presence. But by the end, I give it a six out of ten. I like the art a lot. I really like the art of Donna Troy when she shows up. She looks. I so liked cool. all of the art. Yeah, in this whole it's thing. really I'm good. The, the, while the story does have its problems, like I've gone over and over again at this point, yeah. there's a lot of interesting things. There's things that make me want to read the next issue because I want to see more of the four horsewomen because yeah. I think it's an interesting take on villains teaming up. It was like the, the Superman revenge squad yeah, that we had before. And like, I just want you know, get, you get a bunch of villains teamed up against somebody. It's always exciting. I just wish a lot of it wasn't so heavy handed and actually, you know, I'd say heavy handed at times, but don't express enough for what you need yeah. to know with, you know, the motivations behind well, characters. But I would give it a 6.5 out of 10. And I guess the whole thing with her being controlled, that's like his little hint and he wants to maybe develop it later. But you spend maybe. more time with Diana talking at the elementary school. Uh, than you do with explaining your main motivations of characters and things like that. And the Donna Troy stuff, I love seeing Donna. I just get angry reading it because every time Paul is talking about what her, she's angry about, it just always goes back to Nazis. You don't yeah. have an argument anymore. I know. She gave you a hey. good life away I from told white you. supremacists. I said before that the whole deal, Steve Orlando's biggest thing in, in these preludes up to this was the idea of really separating her from those Nazis. And uh, yeah, you, you still can't sit. You can't separate yourself when you have aligned yourself with Nazis. That's just how it is. I wish that he would have went a different route. Uh, but nowadays you can, Eric, you can't go that I'm telling route. You, with just the Nazis. stress the goddamn ancestors taking over her mm-hmm. mind and making her do these That's things. And now she's a victim. You should have had her almost like a green goblin, like talking to herself and stuff and saying, no, no, Diana wasn't bad. She just helped. Oh, oh you know, Shut up. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Looking in the mirror. Weak oh, my God, she is awful. She, Take the she spear and you your be. destiny. <laughs>
<laughs> your faith in your friends is your weakness. <laughs> you just keep going back to that. But yeah, I would have liked this to will have stay with them. you a long time, Jean Luc. <laughs> oh no, she's going to catch on fire. I I just wish you would have seen more of that, which we may as, as it goes on. But you might be waiting too long. You might, you know, we might have needed some of that as of now to kind of think oh my i hope diana does save paula but oh no poor paula the best is i want them to uh, out of nowhere we're gonna see the uh, sympathetic character of genocide of oh, genocide uh, there that's the funny too paula will end up in my mind realizing wonder woman was good the rest of them they're done <laughs> they, oh, yeah. they are they're what they are and they're just gonna have to go on their own which is why i think paula poor hasn't fully made herself a four horse woman you tell me the devastation can't redeem herself and become part of the titans no, like Donna Troy i don't think so and genocide just is horrendous like you get her out of there armageddon's horrendous uh, yeah armageddon's really bad but yeah six out of ten what are you getting 6.5 out of ten so you're a little bit more than me but still we didn't hate it it's just we no, want more we I'm want Tony, there's a lot of good stuff here just not fully thought out. Now, the next one, it, it kind of has the same kind of theme where you're not getting a lot. You're getting things thrown at you I from before. I struggled with this one. From the, the score I gave on my written review, I've re- I read it again and again and again, and I thought about different things, and I think I actually just might go down from where I was yeah, originally. I, I think I'm a little lower than you as well, though I, I do like the art going in. I like that cover, Eric. I do like the cover, but give us the credits here. Red Hood Outlaw, number 45, written by Scotty Liddell, with art by Paolo Pantolina, Arif Prianto, and Troy Pateri, or Petery, as I like to say oh, when I'm writing it out. The, the Battle of Karak is on as Red Hood and the Outlaws, accompanied by General Glory, take on the new and improved Untitled, who plan on using their Dark Obelisk to open the Chamber of All, which essentially means anywhere the evil Untitled want to go, they don't have to be stuck in traffic going there. The battle isn't an easy one, though, because while Jason, Bizarro, and General Glory are fighting for their lives, General Glory gets infected and Artemis battles essence while this is an action pack and while this is an action packed issue something about it just feels like the heart of the series is missing and because of that the events here come off a bit lackluster yeah the heart of the series when when they ended up having Artemis and Bizarro go away for some reason because that's what everybody loved you get them out of the book the book has gone downhill from there also yeah. Dexter Soy was on and we've had a bunch of artists jump in though I do like this art the idea of this though is this book is not selling and, and it's 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 a weird kind of deal. The book ends up not being what everybody loves. So it stops selling, which allows Scott Liddell to make it even more crazy so that as this thing is ending, and I do think that'll end at 50, that would be my guess. The idea of, well, I'm just going to throw a lot of shit that I did before in the new 52. And hey, the people that are getting it still must be big fans of my Red Hood. Well, he did most of that, but I'm still saying all this kind of coming in and maybe it's one of those where he's pissed that he didn't he's get putting to his own that. stamp on yeah, it now because that's the whole like, thing I'm about the idea that. because when we but had it james, was james the book, time where we dealt with a lot of the all cast and the untitled and stuff and the thing is a lot of people love it i wasn't personally a fan so coming back to something like this though it's all like all right you guys remember everything we dealt with with the all cast well they're all gone that's the thing the untitled they're all gone but you know what i'm gonna do i'm bringing them back but they're 
different. Yeah, and they're I'm like, different. That's what I say. Maybe why? it's his stamp. And the thing is, nobody was yelling for this. Well, maybe a couple no. of people. I can't say well, nobody or I go to your blades back. Yeah. You know, magic Jason Todd hand swords. Why not? But this rebirth, why people were getting on board and saying, well, I hated that, you know, Red Hood Outlaws, all the iterations, Red Hood, you know. That I just wasn't a fan on the way through of Red Hood Arsenal. We ended up reading all of that and talking about most of it once we started the podcast, and we liked it enough, right? We were having some yeah, things fun. there. Uh, but when we started up Rebirth, until I kind of got bored, because I do think it was like a one-hit wonder as we went on. Uh, but the Dark Trinity with Artemis and Bizarro, Smarty Pants Bizarro, these are the highlights of this continuity's sure Red Hood in my mind. And it just sucks that they got away from that. And then this book just with Generation Outlaw, that's even in here a little, which nobody cares about at all. And they go with that. Like, what is going to happen except, in my mind again, a 50 oversized anniversary issue will just tie everything up and then we'll just well, boom. That's the thing done. is we're dealing with so much because people, if they're not familiar with the, you know, the all cast of the untitled, because we don't play a lot with that besides for like the middle parts of the original Red Hood out and the Outlaws back in the New 52, we have to have some weird recap parts of stuff that you haven't dealt with. Like, we have Essence, who believes for some reason that Jason Todd is going to destroy the world with some nefarious scheme, so she's here to kill him. But, you know, before when we saw this, when he was part of the, the Iceberg Casino and she attacked him, when she cut him with the Blood Blade... You can't cut the unguilty, the not guilty with the blood weight, because then you get strapped in the sword, like Essence did. But then somehow she took control of the sword, freaking, you know, flew it to New York or whatnot. I don't know, took control of Isabella's body. So now this whole thing, I'm, I'm just like, there's so much just going on with Essence that I don't understand for this to be a background. Like, I assume from the background we're being shown with Jason Todd and Duke Rutt and the all cast where Essence is going to fail her final chapter, like challenge, and Jason's going to go and help her. This is what bonded them to become lovers at one point. But also, in my mind, should see when they become enemies, something along these lines. This is a lot to do for what we're dealing with right now to just to bring people up to speed with the current story, not to mention bringing in Generation Outlaw and Brain and Monsieur Mala's parts of Ma Kun's home for wayward boys and dealing with us future superheroes. I'm like, and this whole thing in Karak where we have the Dark Obelisk, we have General Glory and the American government get involved because, look, we don't know what these things are, son, but we got to stop them and the Karakis from doing whatever the hell they're going to do. And then you institute the, the, the chamber of all, the doorway that you can go to, but anywhere in space and time that the untitled now have them like it's too much and I, i'm telling you I, i'm sitting here just like how's jason killing the untitled with guns when the all blades are the only thing that can do it and why is bizarro using freeze breath when he has freeze vision that's what i'm sitting here fucking learning about because there are some problems <laughs> at least in my mind there isn't any sports foul ups here that i could get upset <laughs> because i ended up doing a patreon deal with ultimate or uh yeah ultimate spider-man deal oh, Spider-Man two and, and three, uh, yeah, yeah I, I had problems with sports in that too but yeah so here there's no sports <laughs> i'm in Michael i'm Vegas. in but uh just the whole deal where in my mind where i talk to people and i say you know oh th this thing is overly confusing and how many people, people do you think i lost me describing what happened i went and made a turkey <laughs> i made a whole thanksgiving meal during no but i also i say to this to people it happens a lot in slack where they're like oh you know i'm really liking this i think that people would get on board if they said it about this and i would say that the problem with it is 
try to be and pretend you're a comic store owner, not the huh. piece of crap down the street from us, but you know, a normal guy who wants I think to you're close who now. wants to get people. Well, most things are, you know, as we I mean before that, maybe but as you go and try to think of yourself where somebody comes in and says, "Hey." I like that Jason Todd. I haven't really read. What's going on in that Red Hood Outlaw book right now? Like, I, I just what is, chased them out of the store, yeah. Jim. And, and just to be able to say, like, before you'd say, oh, it's great. It's Jason Todd. Sad point is, this is what I used to do at the comic book yeah, shop. But it, you would be able to before. It's Jason Todd with Artemis and the clone Bizarro, and they're going around having adventures. You have enough to say, and, oh, how is Oh, the art's great, and it's a really cool story. The art's okay. Yeah. It's very uh, no, Kenneth Rockefeller. I'm saying before. Okay. Before. When, oh, if you're saying yes, before, yes, yes. you have a way to explain it in half a sentence. Now you, well, you, you know about you know th- this and that and the all blades no. and that, no. And then people are like, I'm not getting that crap. I like it. it is a Kenneth Rokerford style. I do like it. Uh, but yeah, and then I'm saying when, when you collect all of these into a trade, going from Kenneth Rokerford to Paolo Pantolina here, I'm like, it's going to look yeah, great yeah, all together. Yeah, and and even just the idea, like, oh, and you know General Glory, like, no, all right, well, oh, we're done. And, oh well, he gets infected. It's a throwback character. Don't worry about it. And the idea. Yeah, he doesn't. He gets infected. No, he's he's possessed by the uh, the freaking the leader of the uh, Untitled. I thought he was a man. He like, comes out like it, he's guts. Why? I thought it was his guts coming on there. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm trying to understand. Like you get infected, they use fear to infect you and take you over. Now and because of the Karakis, you know, hoping for a, like you know a new liberation and the people and taking down the like the old leader and the regime of the country, they're using the hope of these people. But also, if you get scratched, you become possessed by the leader. Yeah, we're just making up shit it's just it's just throw shit at the wall it is and so by the end i'll tell you me reading the only thing before it was jason todd had to use the all blades to kill the untitled it's the only thing that could do it he's blasted away i'm like what 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 are we doing looks cool goddamn magic hand swords he's shooting things in the face and he's going bizarro's there and even that with bizarro bizarro was such a likable character before he was such a lovable and likable character no he's not he is just like the side action guy who just yells stuff and nothing. Me am happens. not Superman's. Don't you have the internets here? Yeah. Me am pretty boy. <laughs> In Kurok, internet downloads you. He I'm should say. You, right? The worst part is half the time with this new look, I keep thinking he's going to keep hitting. I think he's going to keep hitting on Talia Shire in front of Rocky right there because she wants a real man. I'm like, it's Clubber Lang. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think it's Saint Keith. <laughs> Me, bad guy, but not bad guy. I just sit here going and like, he's not lovable anymore. You go off to have Artemis with Essence. I'm like, yeah, you're really just fighting. Even this whole thing, this, this whole thing with Artemis and Essence. Okay. I have no idea how Essence was able to control the sword to get from one place to another to take over Isabel's body, Jason's former girlfriend, and then go to Karak in Isabel's body, fight, switch back and forth between who they are, and the idea that she's using the blood blade still, even though she's still a prisoner of it somehow, but then cuts Artemis, because the whole idea is that Artemis <laughs> that we've had for a long she's time guilty. still feels guilty about working for Lex Luthor and killing a bunch of people, but the thing is before, in my mind at least, 
she has moved past this. The idea of who is guilty and who isn't because when she tried to stab Jason with it, it didn't work because Jason's not guilty. Now, I've seen Jason kill a lot of people. I've seen him do some really messed up stuff and the idea that he's not guilty but Artemis is, I'm like, is it just the personal idea? Yeah, maybe of it's like, like Wonder Woman what with the lasso. The he doesn't feel guilt. guilty, so he's not guilty. I, I'd love but to then, see the trial where, let's see if they're up, oh, they're dead, they were guilty. It's like a witch trial. But then the whole thing, the idea that Artemis does get cut oh no the blood blade has judged you to be guilty uh, i've tried to be a better person what is going to happen now why now we're going to have a goddess come that looks like you who is your former axe the mistress yes, and the human axe form that comes to human My- form uh, whatever. Why? Like, what why <laughs> there's too much going on it, it looks cool i'm like it oh, looks right. it and, looks okay and I'm yet we to think find is, out that I that's like this the better. fourth horsewoman eric there you go mistress <laughs> I, I like this art style and i think it's mostly because of the color work more than kenneth rockerford for what we're doing with it but it's a very similar style but i think the color work actually makes us look better but just overall the things i'm turning the page and i'm dealing with something new just stacking the shit on top of each other when all i want is red hood in his old helmet that we had before not the you know original pre you know new 52 helmet the new 52 helmet i want him to look like that i want bizarre and artemis to have a, you know fun adventures where they're cracking wise and kicking ass and taking names and i want it to be one story that i'm dealing with not 17 where i can barely follow and none of it makes you sense. don't like the story that cloud nine is sitting there picking bugs out of devour's hair that's what it looks like he's like and there's a bug and there's a bug but yeah you even have this generation outlaw where you go back and i realized that what scott liddell wants to do is remind us of these characters hey, so these you things. have the brain going through the roster look, and i'm like look, i realize if, if, i don't care about any of them that's all well, that's, that's, that's the worst part about this because we have the brain we have him going through the roster of generation outlaw right so okay we're gonna see what the brain thinks about the next generation of superheroes that need to be trained by him, him and monsieur mala all right what ins- and the insights we get this is what we're gonna have here are a lot like you get from heroes in crisis for how deep they get i think cloud nine is well a cloud oh well, thank you, Brain. You're very insightful. Devourer is going to devour himself with self-loathing <laughs> if he's not careful. I thought that this was just going to end up being a doomsday. Huh. Well, that's going to spell a doomsday. I, I a smaller that's doomsday. What could go wrong? The little one is going to be the death of us all. All right. Oh, what about DNA? Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get me. What the fuck am you I doing? Don't even with? say the name either. I'm like, really? Vessel is still angry at being over or underestimated. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Vessel, who we job, just Brian. added joining in. There you Teacher go. Teacher of the year, right here. Yeah, really. And they're going to. Oh, my. I think this is a poorly conceived plan. What the hell is this plan? And I don't care. And then you just go off and you and end up. The Chamber of All opens up because of the dark obelisks. <laughs> it's so ridiculous how much shit is thrown at you with i can't say that i could argue that you don't get enough though because you get way too much of nothing unless sometimes you are so less tune, more. Th- there are only a couple people around that would even I've care read about every this. issue of red hood and the outlaws everything pretty much to deal with jason todd at this point after his return from the dead and i'm just thinking to myself I've read all the lead up. I've studied for the exam. I think I'm going to oh fail my still. God, I'm so failing. I'm not showing up for the test. I'm staying home. <laughs> Even if it was an open book test, I'm screwed. <laughs> I am so screwed. I, they're like, the, the test, well, why did that guy fall asleep in the middle of it? And that's the thing. As I go, there are, you know, stages when we're reading books, especially for the podcast, not reviewing them, just you reading yeah. mine, me reading yours. And I, I'm going through, I don't care. By the end, I'm not angry. 
I, I shake my head while I'm reading huh. it, and that what well, that ends, was a thing. What ends up happening is you the brain looking at the students moly, right now. That well, I am. That was something. Uh, that's a cloud. They're like, hey, how was that book? Well, it's a book because there are points. I'll admit that I'm like. What the hell am what, what am I caring? Why do I care what's going on? I'll go through, I'll get the gist of it. I'm like, yep, there, there is the whole uh, chamber of all. All right. What's that? So it's so funny to me. The idea before we're dealing with this podcast, knowing what you gave Wonder Woman, seeing people throw shade, thinking that you overrated this whole thing, and thinking like when I finally read it, I think you might have underrated. This is some good stuff here. Now I'm telling you, what were the people? Where are the people coming in there? Give me shit for overestimating Red Hood here. This whole thing because I'm going down to a five point one out of ten. I gave it a six out of ten on the thing. Actually, that's the thing is I could go down to a four point five if I want to. I'm still trying to remain positive because saying I'm because going of the five, color five. work. Because I, I think like the, the art, art is better than more. Kenneth. Ro- exactly. I'm going to go to a 5.1. It's because it's shoving 10 gallons of shit in a five gallon oh bucket. And it's freaking overflowing to the point. I'm like, I'm wondering why everything's covered in shit. I think it's like 40 pounds of shit in a one pound bag. I mean, they are, he is shoving if this in there. dealt with just one aspect of the story, it might be good because we're moving around and nothing's fully explained. We're just dealing with the basic gist of everything. It's like, all right, you're not doing I'm anything here. You, is he what you're is doing. shoving everything at us so that he can just and tie it, seems it up. Because like you said, we only have five issues yeah. left. Yeah, I think that that's what it must be. It's just shove everything in there. I had a lot of plans. Too many I plans. I do see as, essence, though. That's Karak's ass, Eric. You know, a little play on that. He really likes to have that uh, shoved in you. But yeah, with all this, it's just too much. It's too much of things that we don't really, most people don't know about. I, people's heads must be spinning when they're I'm trying to you, read this. Fans of Jason Todd, the all cast, the untitled, all the stuff that Red Hood dealt with with this whole era of the series i don't know the enjoyment they can be getting out of because it's so different and just so undefined when that was introduced it wasn't like there was a sales spike this book is down to like fourteen thousand now as we go forward it does suck with the whole shutdown and the idea that dc's using diamond and these other two distributors where we may not get a real definitive sales numbers going forward i didn't but, think about that uh, other than that you are going to have a hit from the shutdown anyway. So you're going to have to kind of adjust. But if this was normal deal, if this was everything was fine, I still think this book would have gotten down to 12 or 11,000. And that is awful. This is I'll a give book people that a little should sneak go a peek little. For an idea of stuff we talked about during the Unkillables on this Patreon spotlight for the idea that let's end Red Hood and the Outlaws, end it on a high note, whatever, and start doing some weird mini series to get another one going where it's Red Hood and freaking Rose Wilson, the Ravager together. So, like, you know, because that looks so, that works so well. Even in if it isn't continuity, I don't care. We'll get some Jason Todd. I'd rather have Jason Todd in something that's anything but this right now. This is just too much. And really, with all the things swirling around, you, you don't really get a Jason Todd. Yes, you're getting tropes from before. You're getting this sort of, you know, all that stuff. But it's not, you're, you're not getting any sort of interaction. That's what this book, during Rebirth, the power and the thing that everybody loved, besides the Dexter soy art that started was the interactions the nice interactions between jason todd and bizarro jason todd and artemis you don't get that anymore but you know bizarro's just yelling out things uh, jason's just well, going and shooting this. 
I and maybe know. put him somewhere in Batman and the Outsiders. Yeah, that'd be cool. If he ended up, if Batman ended up leaving and like, hey, I really hate Jason and I beat the crap at him, but I want him to lead the team. But it would be, he'd Black actually Lightning, fit it's good. Up to you. He said. He'd actually fit well in that team, yeah. I think. But I don't know. Let's get our Robins book that we want it, right? For some reason, I just want to see him interacting with Cass and Duke. Well, maybe we'll get lucky and he'll actually have a big part of the death metal. Maybe he'll be part of that. You know, he'll show up with, with his all sort just not. <laughs> I don't think that we're going to see the All Blades and stuff after this ever again. But Oh, good. Let's kill the Untitled because even this one, he says, I thought they were all gone. Well, so did I, Red Hood. So let's, what are we doing? We're back, baby. We are back. I, I wonder when he's actually going to use a lot of the, you know, he ended up having those crowbars as a thing. And, you know, I think he's ditched those because so he got never really used those. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go 5-5. Five, five. Are you going down to a 4-5? Four, 5.1. Five? So you're a little That's above because, stick, the yeah, colors just because the colors. Yeah, I'm sorry. The colors pop and it makes the art better than a Kenneth Rockford art, which people are a fan of. I just don't happen to be one of those yeah. people. Yeah. So there you go. There it is. The two books in the first section. Boy, where can we go from here, Eric? But I know where the we're going to go from here. We're actually going to go to some mail first and then go to the class seeks. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. with Jim. We don't need Eric Shane. He ain't here. So we don't need him, right? That's what you say when people don't show up, but he didn't not show up. I've been doing the mail in the intro by myself just because of the way we've been recording recently, but I think this will be the last episode without Eric's golden tones on both the intro and the mail. But this is the mail, and if you want to be part of the mail going forward, all you have to do is email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, just like a bunch of people this week, starting with a man from down under. It is Polly P. He may be eating a Vegemite sandwich right now, right? How dare you? Yeah. I've had Vegemite. Not great. Not great at all, but hey. That's what they like. They like that and also like to do the limbo, I hear, down in Australia. Is that true? Is that true? How dare you? I don't know. Hello again, Jim, Eric, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop. Okay, boomer. Oh, my. Just checking in once again from the land down under. What a crazy few months it's been. Hey, unlike most of my emails, this one isn't going to be a laundry list of the shit that's happened in my life lately. However, thanks to the coronavirus, I was put out of work. So was I. It stinks, right? In a rather annoying way, though, you end up hearing this Polly P's way a lot worse than the way I was let off. I just was going to lunch, and they told me not to come back. That's basically what I had is Eric was just standing there dumbfounded. Literally, the day my name went up on the door and the locks were changed to my office and I was assigned a company car and a laptop, the CEO decided to lay off 75% of the company's workforce. Ironically, I was closing a big sale when the CEO called the meeting to announce the layoffs. I hope that you didn't close it then. I I hope that you did like a Jerry Maguire and, and went and started dancing on the desk. I, I haven't seen Jerry Maguire, so I'm not sure how that really works out. Things could be worse, though. 
as the Australian government is paying anyone put out of work because of the coronavirus $2,000 a month and massively investing in upskilling those out of work by subsidizing higher education through trade schools and the like. I'm heading to the, the land down under. I'm going to head the old Sydney way. It's not quite the amount of money that I was making in sales. So look at him. Look at the rickshaw down there. Uh, you know, on the land down under, but it'll do for now. Plus, now I'm a man of leisure and I'm trying to decide what to do next. Luckily, I have a little bit of time. In the meantime, during lockdown, I've been able to catch up on some TV, read some old comics, read a book, and start writing and recording some of my music, which has been a really nice. He is in at Tasmania, by the way. What, what a devil. Has just now started to open up, which is nice, but there's still a long ways to go before things are back to normal here. And back to normal in Tasmania definitely has to involve that you get anywhere by spinning around really quickly and, and then slobbering when you talk, right? That's what happens there. Just like everywhere, I would imagine. How's the reopening going in Quakertown, Philadelphia area? I, I can't tell from my room. We ended up the other day on the Patreon, a guy looking in my second floor window. That freaked me out. But I ended up today. No, actually, I didn't leave. Uh, yeah, I did leave the house. I ended up taking Logan today to the Burger King. That's it. But through the drive through they're planning on things. We're in a pretty bad area. We're in what they like to call the red zone uh, of Pennsylvania. And while they're opening up some things, we're, we're still pretty much in a lockdown quarantine. But all that stuff seems to be. You know, heading towards reopening, stuff like that. Eric is excited because the retro con that he goes to, not only have they not announced that it was canceled, it's somewhere, I think, in September, but they ended up announcing that William Cat would be there, which makes Eric think it's definitely going to happen. He wants to go and see William Cat from the great, greatest American hero fame, but more house fame for him. Not the not the uh, TV show house, though. How's the reopening going? Yeah. Well, I was certainly quite sad to hear about the passing of Reggie. I wasn't as close to him as a lot of the Get Fresh crew were, but his voice is already missed in that booming, jovial laugh. Reggie would always listen to my Mixler jazz show when I was doing that and gave me lots of constructive criticism and guidance. And, and that is one of the things. Reggie was always there to lend a helping hand, and he always did mean that. I really, and I'm talking him behind Behind the scenes where I like to bitch and moan. I don't know if you can tell that from the podcast, but I like to bitch and moan. And Reggie, he he never said a bad word about anybody. He would just laugh. He would laugh at me when I'd say things. I will definitely miss the Cosmic Treadmill show that Reggie had with Chris. It was one of my favorite podcasts. Chris and Reggie got the ratio perfect of creator biographical information, review of the issue or arc, and then placed it in a sociological context. Sounds like you have to listen to it with your pinky up, right? More than that, though, and things were going really bad for me, and I really mean bad. Reggie was one of the first people to message me after my suicide attempts the year uh, before last. It was simple and concise, but one of the most heartfelt messages I received. Jim mentioned it on the special Reggie Memorial podcast, but the entire Get Fresh crew really is like one big family that puts the fun in the dysfunctional. I told Zoe a few weeks ago that it should be a marriage uh, be on the cards for us, that I was going to send an open invitation to everyone in the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop. I'm not sure how excited she was about the idea, and I'll keep working on her. That'd be funny. Just everybody shows up. You know, there's that. But man, Chip's not invited, right? You can say that the whole Get Fresh crew. You? You, you don't. You don't need Manship and his edibles there. He, he's the guy who causes all the problems. Anyway, guys, and really, if Neil shows up, man, that party is going to be kicking then, right? Anyway. 
guys, I don't have much to say as far as comics go, but it's good to see that new comics are going to start coming out again. To be honest, I don't really remember what was happening in either Marvel or DC before the shutdown happened. Hopefully I will either get back the the chance to start over again with the storylines and or find a new book to latch on to. It would be nice to have, you know, a couple new books just starting out. It's just that when they had that shutdown, it just kind of happened. There was no way that you could plan for it. But say you end up having a strange academy over at Marvel. You know, we have one issue out. It's a shame that it just wasn't coming out. Boom. Next week, starting and then going forward. Uh, But then again, I guess maybe if one issue only came out, you could at least say, well, you couldn't have forgotten too much. In the other rather mind bending news or mind blowing news, even though I live literally on the other side of the world, our very own Mark Jager graduated from this exact same high school I did about eight years before me. That is crazy. That would be Junction City, Oregon, home of the Tigers. Congrats, guys, on your graduations. A little belated congrats there. Uh, go the maroon and gold. He says, "How dare you!" And now I have to hit that. Hello, weird science. Everybody knows you want the blue and white of the Quaker Town Panthers. I mean, really, right? The Panthers. But that is from Paulie P, a graduate of there. He says, "But we're going to move on." And thanks, Paulie P. And yeah, uh, Reggie, he was a nice guy. He just ended up caring about everybody. He'd always help out anybody, even people who hated his guts. When there are some people, which it is crazy, but there are some people out there that are not big fans of Reggie, but then stick. But Rocky is next. Comic Boom Rocky says to Eric and Jim and all the Get Fresh Coop, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. Hello, weird science. I just want to say a few words about the sudden passing of Reggie and how it was simultaneously upset me greatly and also made me appreciate how unbelievably lucky. I am to live in an age where I can experience the joy of comic book history and reading comics with friends that we uh, or I never formally met. And when he talks about that, it's kind of a big thing for me. That's why we started all this, because I don't have anybody to talk to. I've been listening to Weird Science DC for many years until I finally admitted that if I was going to insist on continuing to buy certain comics that I did not like, I might as well contribute financially to a group of guys that are much better at ranting and raving about them than I am. And I'm not so sure about that. Your podcast is like therapy to me. They represent a cathartic release as well as an expression for my love of comics. And I'm glad that he said that. That actually, I've never actually heard that put in a phrase like that of the idea that, you know, even though we rant and rave and so does Rocky, it's because we love the comics, right? And it is a release, but it's also an expression of love, even when we're hating. It really is. My favorite Reggie podcast was the Weird Comics History podcast that he did with Chris of Ace Comics. The series of podcasts involved their dissection and exploration of the evolution of comic books, particularly crime comics from pre-World War II America through to the public publication of Frederick Wortham's Seduction of the Innocent, past the U.S. Senate Kefauver hearings and leading to the formation of the Comics Code Authority. And they did a very big series on that which was awesome to be blunt i was very impressed with the breadth and scope of those five or so podcasts that dealt with that period in comic book history the care and manner in which chris m reggie addressed the subject matter captivated me from the beginning to end he did something that few are capable of successfully doing he made history interesting funny and entertaining I do not give this compliment lightly. When I was in law school 25 years ago, yes, I am old, he says, I did 
my thesis on crime comics in Canada. I spent months researching the topic, and I still have all my research notes to this day. It's a subject matter that I thought I knew a lot about. Let me tell you, Reggie and Chris humbled me with their attention to detail. I learned tidbits of information from that period of time from Reggie and Chris that I did not know before. It was entertainment, joy, listening to Reggie's deep voice as he sarcastically enunciated the absurdity of some of the senator's comments and other personalities that were attacking comics at the time. Those series of Comic Code Authority podcasts represented to me, Reggie, at his absolute finest. You mean it wasn't in the F. Mary Kills? <laughs> we did it. It wasn't us ta- talking about pizza. His magnum opus of the Weird Science site. I, I agree. Those were awesome. I honestly lost track of the number of times I laughed along with Reggie and Chris as they would comment on some crazy footnote of that controversial period of comic book history. Reggie's trademark laugh transformed any humorous anecdote into a laugh-out-loud moment. Comic book history came alive, and the noise it made was a deep extended cackle of laughter. From this point on, it will be impossible for me to think of crime comics without hearing Reggie's laugh. I can't think of a higher compliment to give to someone I never had the privilege of formally meeting, but only heard numerous times on a weekend podcast. There are certainly other Reggie moments I can mention, but his contribution to weird science history is my favorite. Reggie will be missed. And he says, thank you for uh, all you guys do at creating a community of nonsense. And that is Comic Boom Rocky. And that's kind of what we try to do. Uh, we are a community and everybody kind of gets together and, and talks and argues and, and talks some more and things like that. But everybody does end up in the end loving comics and each other and things like that. It's not anywhere where we allow any hate or nonsense like that stuff. And again, Reggie wouldn't have allowed that either. That's not what Reggie was about. Jeremy is next and says, hi, Jim, Eric, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Hello, Weird Science. I like that. Beep, boom. Just wanted to drop a line to share my shock and sorrow at Reggie's passing. He was a great guy. That seems fairly obvious to say, but he was never less than warm, genuine, and respectful, and his knowledge of comics was second to none. His enthusiasm for the genre combined with a sense of humor and a clear-eyed realism about the industry, which never quite ventured into cynicism, made him always worth listening to. Plus, that voice. Is it embarrassing that it took me over a year to realize that Reggie and Big Tony were one and the same? <laughs> Big Tony. Oh, that was good. Oh, Big Tony. And speaking of voices, his readings with Chris of classic comics are simply priceless. No one did a sexy voice like Reggie. It was kind of like this. Hey there! Right? Uh, he'd be laughing at that. See, I, I still do stupid stuff like that, just to, wanting to hear Reggie laugh. This may be, uh, to be fair, be a good thing. The man was damned entertaining and I'll miss him. I think for me, what was most impressive about Reggie is that he was one of those rare people who knew a ton of stuff but wasn't a jerk about it. He wore his expertise lightly and never forgot that his audience were real people, real fans just like him. Plus, he had the measure of one Eric Shea. Oh, yes, he did. See episode 100 for some choice examples. And I, I, I'm going to go back and it's going to be mainly on the Patreon stuff, but I'm going to go back and have, you know, these kind of things where I'll pull some funny stuff from each episode to kind of put it in. So people who wanted to hear some, you know, I don't want to call them bits, just things, you know, that we said and things that continue on throughout all of this, including that Hello, We're Science deal from from Dan, because that's science. actually from an episode. Uh, the idea there were times when Eric couldn't be around he ended up each year he'd go up to see his 
dad's grave and reggie would fill in then and me and reggie would do the whole show together and those were really fun and me and reggie had a lot of fun it ended up being a lot of nonsense when when we would do those but even at the point i said this on patreon we had a little thing on patreon for reggie but he wouldn't allow us to take a a week off everybody who sits there and says man you guys work hard The, the idea that if we didn't feel good or eric had to do something i don't do anything but even so eh, i think we're gonna you know not record this week he would get mad and he'd say no no you're recording i'll do it with you all right and we would do it Uh, i know and then when eric passed out drunk on episode 100 i needed reggie to be there so that we could continue doing the show i know i've been away from the podcast for a while and i'm sorry about that as jim knows There has been some family issues that I've had to deal with over the past few months, and they were very bad family issues that I am aware of, and I'm glad that they are over. Uh, Throw in some COVID weirdness, and it's been difficult to get back into a routine of listening, but I'm back supporting you guys on Patreon. I'm listening to the latest episode at the moment. And see, he's playing it smart this time. At points in the past, I'd get notes on uh, from Jeremy, and he'd say, oh, man, that thing you said about that Swamp Thing book had me laughing so hard. And I'd sit there and think, when the heck did we laugh? That was like three months ago. And I'd ask him. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm about 20 episodes behind. So at least he's on the, he's just going right. Just go right to what we're doing now. Skip that other nonsense. Uh, the family stuff has thankfully been resolved just last Friday, actually. So you may well end up hearing from me more regularly in the future. And I know that Jeremy... He he is a fancy Brit. He is his fanatic. Just say you're going to hear from me more on the reg. I, I couldn't even imagine Jeremy saying that. Actually, it'd be pretty good. Love to you all, Jeremy. Thanks, Jeremy. And the last mail of uh, actually not the last mail. The second is this is the penultimate mail. It's from Luis. Luis says hello. Get fresh croupy boop beep. Hello, weird science. I want to say R.I.P. Reggie. I've never met him, but when I found that he passed away, I was so heartbroken. I loved his voice and laugh. Uh, This crew lost a brother, but gained an angel, and that is true. So please send his wife all his condolences, or all our condolences, if you haven't already. I hope everyone is safe. It is a scary time out there, but please be safe. No books to talk about, but I love what you guys have been doing. Yeah, we're just doing the classics, but the books are coming back now. You guys have been working so hard, and you made this quarantine a little bit better, so keep it safe and weird. See you on the sevens. One more thing. F you, 2020, you're fired. I agree. 2020. Damn you, 2020. That's what everybody's yelling. And thank you, Luis. And the last email is from my man, listener, a badass, everything, and, and plus... Star Trek fan, so please feel bad for old Stork. He says, hello, Weird Science, and the Get Fresh crew, beep, boop. Hello, Weird Science. I felt compelled to write in to say what a tragedy it was to lose Reggie. Like many, I never had the pleasure of speaking with him, but he had a way of making you feel like you were one of his friends nonetheless. I don't know if it was Muppets Christmas Carol, It's a Wonderful Life, or both, or neither. That said, to know the measure of a man, you only need to count his friends. And seeing the overwhelming outpouring of condolences, well wishes, sorrow, and support from those who got to know Reggie even a little through the podcast, surely he was as big a presence as his booming voice and laughter. I don't think it's too much to say that the show wouldn't be what it is today without Reggie. And it wouldn't be. The one thing that, that does upset me 
is when Reggie would record the one thing, the behind the scenes deal, and and everybody does talk about his booming voice and his laughter. And I don't know unless, and I guess you'd hear it more on the cosmic treadmill stuff because unfortunately i think that when he ended up recording with us he wanted to screw with me all the time because he would make so much noise and i everybody asked that there's times when you would be listening to a section with reggie in it and he sounded like he was coming through on a damn cb and I used to tell him, it would drive me nuts. At points, I think at one point he recorded and his window was open in New York when he was still in New York City. He'd hear buses honking and people yelling, somebody selling a hot dog. And I'd get, like, Reggie, come on. And, and I'd end up having to edit it and to get the noise out. I, it would really take a lot out. And if you are somebody and, and Stork, he has a podcast, so he knows what I'm talking about when you really have to get a noise out. It really does diminish the the whole deal. And then I listen back and I'm like, that son of a bitch still has a better voice than me. How can this be? How can I have that? He has, it's like a third, if if not more of not him. And it's still booming. It's still like that. It used to drive me nuts. And then I'd yell at him. I, I said, at one point, I think we were recording in the middle of it. I hear this like tapping. I, I, so we, we kind of, and I don't like stopping at any point anyway, but it was so bad that, it, and I, we stopped, Reggie, what's going on? And we're trying to figure it out because I think maybe it's from Eric's end. Cause you're trying to figure out. And Reggie's like, no, no, I was just playing drums there on my, my desk. I'm like, Reggie, come on. And then he laughed. And then we just started recording it. I don't think it's too much to say that the show wouldn't be without uh, what it is without Reggie. I'm repeating that, but it is true and worth repeating. And there will be a spark missing without him moving forward. And again, he hasn't been on the show for quite some time. I ended up going back and listening to the last thing that me and him recorded together on the actual show. And it was the I believe it was a Black Stars, the Grant Morrison, Green Lantern, Black Stars deal. And I was listening to it. And it just made me sad because at the end, me and him were laughing it up and having a good. And I ended up saying to him, you know, at the end, well, we'll we'll talk to you next week. And then that's when his health problems started. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to really return, though. Again, if you are on the Patreon, you, you got to at least listen to the last F. Mary kill that necessary nonsense that we did. That kind of came out of nowhere. We just decided to do it because Reggie, unfortunately, hadn't been able to read for a while because he had also had some strokes after his initial problems. And it, it did something in his brain where he wasn't able to read something that obviously with comics that he loved doing, which that it does. That that kills me the whole deal that he wasn't really able to enjoy reading and comics for you know almost the last year of his of his life and that sucks but we ended up being able to do that last recording and i I hope that people when they listen they realize you know we were having some fun and and at least we got that to do with him at the last deal uh and then he says the catalog of episodes will be there whenever we need a comic inspired rhyme or song to lift our spirits and as an aside to uh, last week I ended up doing Harley on the Spotlight show, and I actually wanted to do a rhyme time as kind of a tribute to Reggie. I couldn't do it. I, I tried, and I got so upset trying to do it. Then I'm terrible anyway, 
And it just, I, I really wanted to do it for him. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do the rhyme time like him. And I, I sit there and I remember being at work. I can remember the exact time when he sent me a message and it said, I have this idea that I want to do the rhyme time. And I'm, but, uh, and if anybody has ever been on the show doing their own segments or things like that, y- you realize that I am very hands off. Like you, you say you want to do things, you're doing it, you do it, whatever, go for it. And we did that. And I just remember him saying it, me saying to Eric, hey, uh, Reggie's going to do a rhyme time thing. And Eric just shook his head. <laughs> he just shook his head. Uh, condolences and best wishes to Reggie's family and his podcasting family of Chris, Jim and Eric. And that is from Stork, who, as I said, is a Star Trek fan. Oh, my. But that is the end of this mail. Thanks, everybody, for writing in and talking about Reggie. Uh, he definitely will be and is missed every day. So we're going to go right now, though, to some of those classic books that we have been talking about. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself And he really thinks a tear is terrible That's just every shake Looking for a star screen Or maybe a hot cap Spends all his money buying all that crap Well that's just every shake And here we are with the classics Like Ooh, Eric Shea You're fancy. a classic you are <laughs> Yeah you I never are get old. Indeed no, no, that, that's not true. That's not what Jess told me. Oh, my. She said that you, you get don't very talk to Jess. old. I wouldn't talk to Jess. She wouldn't even know it was me. I don't know if anybody knows. I've only ever seen Jess once in my life, really. You've only ever talked to Jess and been introduced. You see her all the time well, in bail. Yeah, well, I do. Because I know I Eric's around now. And Let's get out of here, porn kids. Hub, right? There you go. But here Gross. we are, Eric, with a bunch of classics. We have three here, three books that we're going to be finishing up. This ends these classic runs, and then all we have Back left will be then. the Flash Rebirth, that we have two more issues. But yeah... Speaking of that, we will be back to business. We have a bunch of books. It actually, the timing worked out very well for yeah. not really being timed out Thank at God all. something finally worked out for us. Yeah, really. Nothing else does, really. <laughs> I mean, nothing else does. But what are we starting with, Eric? We're starting with JLA number four, written by Grant Morrison, with art by Howard Porter, John Dell, Pat Garrahy, Heroic Age, and Ken Lopez from April 1997. The final battle between the JLA and the Hyperclan is on, which becomes a whole lot easier for our heroes once they discover that the would-be invaders are actually white Martians looking to take back the planet that they messed with millions of years ago. After a knockdown, drag-out fight, the people of Earth rise up against their invaders, and the ultimate fate of the Hyperclan is chosen by Martian Manhunter, who condemns them to a fate worse than death in their minds. He makes them think that they're all simple human beings. Yeah, and this is the end of this. We started out with this Grant Morrison story, not really digging it as much, much it to Ruben's chagrin, and it did issue. pick up. Yeah, and this one I like because pretty much it seems like you end with Earth winning by just pretending they're at an Ozzy Osbourne concert, Eric, is really, or or they're there listening to Motley Crue do Home Sweet Look, Home. this is, is why what I, I always thought. have a lighter in my pocket just in case Martians attack. Yes, not because I'm a chain smoker. Cl- and really, they better not attack 
you know, during a Motley Crue tour or maybe Cinderella or Bon Jovi, because you're going to get a lot of that. But yeah, you end up with the weird deal of Superman in my mind of like, he just thought he he was being mind controlled. I'm telling you, this, this whole, whole thing deal. about the whole idea where the Hyper Clan had kryptonite and they were using it against him, but it wasn't working like the same way that Superman thought because it wasn't killing him and he couldn't understand the reveal for our fourth and final issue of this initial arc that it is because they are Martians. They're fucking with his mind, man. And the whole thing is he has to overcome this once he realizes this is all in my mind. Yes. And I wish, though, that just this little scene here, I wish that we already didn't know they were Martians because it would have been a more powerful deal for Superman in my mind to figure it out. But Batman already figured out. That's what I'm saying. And what Grant Morrison is doing is showing you on an aside that Superman, he's smart, just not as smart. He, He takes a little bit extra time going, but he does figure it out. And he does figure, like you said, that this kryptonite, like, first off, the idea of like, how many people are going to grab kryptonite? I mean, he must be thinking <laughs> there to himself, like, there isn't that much left, right? I, there can't be. There's always and more. There always like. is. And he, you know, thinking about what they were involved with, also going with things that kind of are thrown in, like, man, they got rid of all the fire characters. They, they kind of got sick quick. So, how, what really was is, going on? That reveal, I think, would have been really cool in like the second issue. I think maybe they talked about it as an aside and i didn't pick up on it time but the idea now that we have characters who who have fire powers who are being affected by the mind control and getting sick and stuff like that having it revealed now that we already know that they're martians i'm like all right look that, that's a cool reveal because they are taking care of business making sure that there's no one there to oppose them but it's a little old hat now let's just get all with that's it. what i'm saying I, I think that this would have been a really cool deal if we would have even solved the progression with batman figuring out as well that it would have been a bigger deal and i think that this with superman seemingly being you know knocked out almost dying with the kryptonite where he's sitting there thinking why aren't i dying i wish that that would have been along with it because i think that this would have been more of a shock reveal than batman just saying i don't remember at the time though that dr phosphorus was a good guy for the like the whole idea that like the people who the martians targeted with fire powers like the whole thing fire got sick fire hawk got sick and dr phosphorus too i'm like that's all we got. Eh, you just, you know, Grant Morrison didn't want to spend too much time thinking of stuff. You know, he's like, what about Firestorm? But Fire you, end up, roll call. you end up having all these things going and it would have been a neat thing. And again, I don't remember it coming up. And since this is the beginning of a new volume, a new story, you know, it can't be something that would have been from before. So as I'm going, I actually thought that it would have been a neat thing when you have the heroes going down where you would have a roll call of who's left on the world to help because it does point out there are a lot of heroes around what what are they doing because of the fact that the world is being taken over mind controlled i would have liked to have seen well i would have liked to have seen them go down like batman ends up not dying and then goes off to try to you know rouse up the troops and he's like hey where's that dr phosphorus at oh he's sick Oh, yeah, that's that's a coincidence there, Dr. Foss. But I would have liked that. That would have been a cool thing that really would have hit more with this deal. The funny thing about this, too, is that we're finally at issue four. The entire time that we've talked about this, we've complained about the hyper clan as they are. You know, the idea that they are over the top, almost like caricatures of superheroes, even with their names. And we were like... Does it really matter if we know their names? I'd always write them down. The problem is now we know they're white Martians, and now there's time the disguises are gone. They're going to become pretty much Martian man-eaters as they look this whole time, but – I finally know their names and it doesn't matter anymore. And then I I even thought to myself, while you're saying that, I also went the 
you know, more on the idea of like, okay, they were really like trying, like they, they may have gotten a hold in this, like they really looked at these nonsense names around there during the nineties and like, yeah, I'm going to call myself Protex. I would have loved to Our have Mac. seen the whole deal. Yeah. And Try then me. I'm going to have this look. And then you realize that his ridiculous look is way better than having a mouth in the middle of his chest, right? You don't need that look. I mean, really. And so you go. And I will say one thing. I like this issue as a finale. You know, it's not, I don't think this is the best issue of this. I think the third issue in my mind was the best issue of the series. Because when Martian Manhunter shows back up to be the thing that really sets the, like the wrench in the cogs of the, the, like the Hyperclans deals here, where he has taken on the disguise of Armek himself, fooled the rest of them. And now he's just there, Martian, like Green Martian versus White Martian. While you have Superman out and about, I'm like, there's a lot of action here. Martian Manhunter is really turning the tide in this whole deal. Because we've been wondering for a while. It's like, what has he done? Protex went to him with I an thought offer. of that right away. At one point, I think second or third issue, you actually said, what the hell's Martian Manhunter doing? Is he sitting on his hands somewhere? Like, he wasn't. He was involved, Eric. We did see that. The only thing that I have that I can say I didn't like about this issue, I actually had some transition issues between scenes and amongst scenes that threw me out of it a couple times. There were a couple of times that I think they switched a scene, switched a thing, and I, I actually was left, you know, kind of not understanding exactly what went on. And it was mainly because you ended up having these heroes that, like you said, we finally know, like, hey, I know these names now. Primate, they're, oh, no, it doesn't matter oh, now no, because you're a white Martian. And so when they end up turning into white Martians, a bit of it was a little confusing to me, the first read through. The second read, it was better, but the you first read. You wanted to know which are the white Martians well, I'm just sitting there and, and I'm primate? looking. And, and even some of the things where you end up having, say, Superman ends up pretty much looking like he gets swallowed up by Protect, but it didn't play out well in my mind where all of a sudden he's oh, like, oh, I get you because there was a problem. Even when he was at the one point spinning around and we went down to the center of the earth to try to heat up the, the Martian and stuff like that. I didn't understand that at first either. There I understand are a where couple from things now. like that. I was going to call you a dummy. Look no, at me. no. Do you I'm know what I'm saying now. though now? I when know. they get to the center of the earth then, then you realize, oh my God, that makes sense. It's a hot down there. Hot fire bad you have all that but while (laughs) it was going on it was either the art the way it was like centered real close and you went or but then after i said the second time i read it i'm okay even primate as primates changing and then seemingly morphing into the deal and then going it it was a little confusing in my mind how about this whole thing i want to throw this at you just because i'm actually always curious about what people reference and like you know like steve orlando likes to deep dive into different stuff in the silver age to make sure that he's always you know grabbing the most obscure thing he can like grant morrison would do or even what scott snyder's been doing lately ever since dark knight's metal and stuff but the idea that the white martians had to be kind of like you know found guilty for we're screwing around with humanity too much millions of years ago and changing with their DNA and doing stuff to make the metahuman situation. They were locked away in a place, not the Phantom Zone, the Still Zone. The Still Zone. So I'm wondering, like, I don't know if it would have been better or worse at this point. When we had Dark Knight's Metal going on, because you and I 
we found it a little weird that the idea that we if we open up the phantom zone and we go fast enough to break through the membrane or lead membrane. us to the dark yeah the thin membrane lead us to the dark multiverse I'm like i don't know i think i would have liked it better if we would have this reference to still zone i think i would point. have liked the still zone a little better too because of the idea that you do have them is, traveling through to different dimensions just, with it the yeah. thing is it's just another phantom zone is what it is called the still zone and I, i'm sitting there the whole time thinking to myself why isn't superman stepping up and saying i kind of know what you're talking Talking about like, and also with that thinking, who later on Superman's going to decide that that Phantom Zone it's not really ethical, and then he won't care about it after a you know a year or so after that as well. But well, yeah, you have that stuff his going ideas on. Ideas are wrong. You you pull Cyborg Superman out of the Phantom Zone. You stick a crystal in his brain for him to have a little playtime hallucinations. It doesn't work out because next no, thing you know, doesn't. you got a Phantom Lantern Cyborg Superman with a ridiculous story that doesn't make sense. I'm Phantoms. I'm pro Phantom Zone. You're pro Phantom Zone. W- yeah, with all this though, right. it is this. You know, once the heroes realize that they're Martians, that you know, this whole hyper clan are Martians, it's then odd. you are going to get a lot of reveals. You are going to find out that I, I did like the one point because I think it's Primate fighting Martian Manhunter, uh-huh. where she ends up getting hit by him, and it's a really cool thing to see because we think Martian Manhunter is just a badass through and through, and she's like, nah, you hit like that. a philosopher. Now you're going to see what it's like when an actual martian army you know a martian soldier hits you and i thought oh, that was you pretty cool white i thought it was pretty cool but yeah he ends up with them that he realized he realized when they raised up the ancient city that was Zanzans, a martian Zanzans, which Zorzans. was yeah which was an ancient city on earth because it is said in this that the martians came to earth and then tried Ancient to make say yes yeah they tried to make a race you know with them and it ended up failing and becoming the humans that they hate but also metahuman like they are the beginnings of all this they were just coming back to claim what they think was theirs they were you know? playing god yeah. Frankenstein knew a guy who played yeah. god once and they were going to try to finish well up him. the job and it's not working out now and Martians the, weren't allowing it. you know the big thing about this is is the idea of you know pretty much protect saying to superman you you're a god amongst these people you're an alien they don't like you he says no they like me and then he said why do you like them and it's just that they they like each other they trust each other they have faith in each other something the martians never had with their creation and that's what pretty much ends it with because the idea. monstrous white martians yeah, well it ends it with just basically sick. superman saying we're gonna you know i'm gonna put my trust in earth and i like the way and this is where you see something that again steve orlando was trying to get in the justice league of america when you started rebirth he really really tried hard to make it so that he, the humans around the justice league would solve the day but it was always ridiculous it was always somebody with a taser you know taking down huge enemies and things like that this makes sense because they are just they're not going to go near fire Superman announces everybody you got just fired. Like just idea. go with it. Is it. war the world's going on here? We even have flying saucers come out of the still zone now, just taking over city after city. Superman gets on all the airwaves talking about, you know, you guys, it's difficult right now. Try not to pack. You need, you need to fight against these invaders. I know you've been having a tr- tough time with us. You don't trust us, but look at the skies, everybody. There's flying goddamn saucers. They don't like fire. Pull your lighters out and fight back. Yeah, everybody. just show them fire and they'll leave. And that's kind of what happens. They end up doing it, but I do like it again. I think that that's the kind of vibe that Steve Orlando tried desperately to get throughout that whole JLA run with the open nature of the, you know, the Just League Center there and all that stuff. 
11 people, but yeah, Thankfully, it didn't the work story as took well. place in 1997, though, when everybody still smoked, though, because yeah, everybody have instantly it. has fire. Yeah, they have, except I look and a lot of people just seem to be lighting pieces of paper on fire and it's going to go yeah. real quick and well, burn their hand. They didn't have a phone or something. They had, they had paper their in their hand. pocket to write well, down stuff they like didn't phone have numbers. A phone. Yeah, I thought you were going to say they could shine the light. That ain't going to scare anybody. Yeah, they're all going to, there's going to be a run on Simpler burn time. victims now at, at the hospitals because these things aren't going to light that long. But yeah, you end up having the Martians I am worried Martians about this one leave. guy though in, in Paris. So I think you, you just have a close up of a guy lighting a book of match, matches yeah. right in front of the Eiffel Tower. I'm like, you plan on setting the Eiffel Tower yeah. on fire? He's going to set that whole thing on fire. You have that. And then also you have my favorite guy who is kind of like he's selling snow globes during a convergence. This guy's already got the official invasion shirts for 15 bucks that say, I, I got be probed honest. and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. That's the shirt that he's selling. What a jerk. But yeah, he's doing all that. But yeah, even with that, you have this huge threat that at points is stopped by Flash going, but getting a bunch of candles and putting the candles around them. So you end up with the idea, oh my God, it's such a, a threat. But, and the, you know, when you pick away and realize who and what they are, they are able to be defeated pretty quick. And I do like Kyle then joins in. You get the Flash Kyle deal. And the only thing that gets me though is that if you have a construct that says 16 ton, if you then make it say eighteen ton, is it heavier, Eric, or is it just the same weight? I don't know. It's all about willpower. Molly ends up saying, "You know that's nonsense." He actually throws shade at that construct. You leave the greatest Green Lantern, who's yeah. also a cartoonist, it's so alone. Funny when he says uh, it is pretty, and he he says low quality finish, Lantern. Ah, kiss my ring, buddy. I'm like, ooh, that that's the interplay that we love. Uh, and then finally, you do get to have Aquaman get his one moment this whole time because now he's in the fray with them as we saw going into this deal and he ends up pretty How much How badass is that? Yeah, it is. And, and this is this he, has he, happened he, other times where I, I always know, do like so it cool. but it's one of those things that he, he, when you do it you then start to remember why doesn't he do this all the time? <laughs> like he because he'd be this. too OP at that yeah, point. I know, but that, that's what the funny the thing is. I can the brain's basal ganglia, the part inherited from your marine ancestors pretty much caused you to have a seizure right there. I'm like, you are so cool, And then the, the white Martian says, we didn't have marine ancestors. Go F yourself, buddy. But with, with that, I though, was afraid of that at that yeah, point. You end up with that, though, seemingly showing but, that but, universal but, the, that everybody throws shade at hey, Aquaman for hey. talking to fish. Shapeshifters, though, he was in a human form during this whole point. Yeah, but that Maybe. wouldn't change. No, that wouldn't change your physiology down to that. I don't think that would be. You know, if he turns in, you could turn into a shapeshifter. Maybe you wouldn't fish. change your physiology. I don't physiology, think you need to. But these people are actually good at what they do. Yeah, but really, if you ended up making yourself an octopus, is that going to mean that you you can't breathe? I don't know. I don't know how they do it. I have no idea. But yeah, he ends up, or they, she would have just changed out of that form then, which she does, or hey. he does with the with the seizure. But yeah, he gives him a seizure. It's just so he can have something to do. But yeah, they end up saving the day. Time, they pretty much put them all into the still zone. 
you know, you know, put them in the place force, put put them in there so that, you know, they can just keep going around like they were using it anyway. But you end up having at the end. Well, that's the thing is, no, no, we we put everybody in stasis, put them back in the still zone. Yeah, but when they wake up, they're going to be able to just go around. It's not a great plan in my mind. I think they should have killed them all. Just kill them. They end up having Martian Manhunter. I don't want you to write superhero stuff. Well, that's the thing. That would be the end of the story, Eric. We could just all go home then. It would be all over. But then you're inspiring nothing to nobody. Have an epilogue where you know you can continue later if you want. I mean, it just sets up more things that we're not going to deal with. Is all I'm saying. We're not really dealing with this. The idea is this is what we see that happens because every like you know everybody in the Justice League decides that Martian Manor, you being the last Martian, you should really be the one to pass sentence judgment on your fellow brethren here. And what he ends up doing is that he changes all their minds and makes them change into human form. So they actually go about their life thinking that something is wrong. I think it's more set up that they're going to end up remembering later and and cause some problems. That's just to me set up for that. It just just shows me like this is a fate worse than death for who these white Martians were and what they thought about humanity. And even for a little deeper cut, the idea of the one we deal with who's Protex, he goes by the name of Bob Gray. He's a firefighter. Bob Gray was one of the names that like Pennywise from It used as one of his, you know, personas. So the idea that, you know, you have a Bob Gray who's not exactly human. I'm like, all right, that's pretty deep cut there, Grant Morrison. He's Bob Gray's. As he is with an apostrophe S that makes no sense and I think might have been a misprint there. So, Or he's just there because they're going with the John Johns and stuff like that. So I think that somebody would say, why is your name gray with an apostrophe S? I might be a Martian. And then he'll remember and then he'll cause problems down the line, Eric. That's what the problems are going to be later. But yeah, I know what it's going at. I just think that that's so that if anybody wanted to use them later, they can just have them because all these... they all are having nightmares each night. And if they don't commit suicide after three weeks, they might end up coming and fighting back and, and remembering things because they are having those dreams. Seems but. a lot too like what we dealt with in the Martian Manhunter 12 issue maxi, what we had a couple of years ago. I forget who wrote that now. Was it Rob Williams who did that? I think so. But the idea that you had, you know, human personas that are split off from like John John's there and the whole thing, it's very similar to that in my mind as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I was one of the few that did not enjoy that uh, whole story, but what would you give Did you this? read that whole story? Yeah, we did it on the podcast. Okay, I, I just didn't I know if you up, finished it. Yeah, I ended up, we talked about it on the podcast. We finished reviewing it. I did not like probably the last second half of that whole thing. I thought that it went downhill, but- Oh, it definitely did. Uh, what would you give this? I'd end up giving this an eight out of 10. I enjoyed the art a lot in this whole thing and just having the big deal where everybody realized it's a white Martian invasion and the just league coming together at this whole point, overcoming their mind problems. And it's like, it's a really cool conclusion to all the setup. And I think that each issue that we got pretty much built on top of that and made well, each one better than the last. Now I'm giving it a seven. I didn't like this one as much. I thought that it was first off the big reveal with Superman. We already knew they were Martians, so that's not shocking. And then you just get a fight just to have, you know, let's, light some matches and get them out. I thought that the third issue was the best where you actually got the reveal, though the big thing about, uh, you know, John John's being there and disguising himself as Armitech and things like that were cool, but it just kind of was just thrown there just to fight at the end. But I still liked it overall after, you know, the four issues. I thought that it was pretty cool, but what's the next issue? Next up, we have Wonder Woman number 17, written by Gail Simone with art by Terry Dodson, Ron Randall, Rachel Dodson, Alex Sinclair, and Rob Lee from April 2008. After the Nazi super soldiers are dealt with in a kind of anticlimactic way, Wonder 
Wonder Woman finally takes on the Circle and runs their gauntlet of attacks in search of her mother, who Alkyon appears to be setting up to be burned at the pyre. Would Alkyon actually go through with murdering the Queen she swore to protect? Probably not, but it does draw their real prey, Wonder Woman, in, where we learn that more than anything that turned the Queen's former protectors bad is about, more about jealousy than it ever had to do about making sure the Amazons weren't undone by Diana's birth. Yeah, I love the art in this, and I, I do like yeah. the story. It's weird. Some of this part of this this issue, I think would have been better served around issue two of this arc, like seeing a little bit more to lead to the end with both the Nazis and the circle possibly. But like you said, you kind of deal with the Nazis well, to the just Nazis get them out of the way. Point, exactly. The Nazis at this point are just like They're a like little props. tool to get them. Exactly, They are props yeah. just to get the circle out of their cage at this point so we can actually have the, the story. But now that we've done that, the story's over. I'm like, ah, you kind of made, you know, built these circle people up for just one issue where Wonder Woman has to face them and the Nazis mean nothing in the long run either. It's very disappointing. And with this at the end here, we're st- I'm actually getting more interested now in the motivations of the circle, seeing that it was jealousy. It wasn't hate for Diana. It wasn't even the idea that they the gods were going to forsake them. They wanted babies too. And yes, they thought maybe it would rip the island apart because of jealousy. But I would have liked to have seen that more a couple issues ago to develop that to develop the idea that they do love the queen more than anything and would do anything for her and then maybe even having a different ending where they do actually see that diana is something that they can accept and and the big moment is the idea where you have you know and i i actually thought hippolyta was dead i actually really did but she's like oh but they they didn't hate her she didn't rip apart the island we were all her mother and that's a big reveal but it didn't have the oomph to it because you were almost done and you were already like they're the enemy diana's there and they're going i would have liked a little more development between that and a little more interaction between diana and the circle not just her fighting them at the very end and then saying yep look at that moon a perfect circle i don't know for some reason i wanted more of an intervention because we have these great well then we could have had that that's what i'm saying we could have had it if we had these things earlier then they would have been able to redeem themselves and have stuff no, like no, that. I'm and saying an intervention with like Cain Malohai, the god of the heavens from the Hawaiian mythology no, and stuff like that. Who she, her there. I know what I'm saying she, <laughs> she ended up putting nothing. on his war paint at the one point, but I'm like, I was just hoping there'd be a little bit more of this. But the thing is, if you keep on going with this Wonder Woman series, he does play a big part later on when the Greek gods get a little pissed off. Nowadays, it would be I pretty am. cool. And I, I actually do like the idea, and I, I didn't, you know, you have the, the war paint, it's pretty much her blood and stuff where she does the, the W, and she's going on with this whole deal and i do like when hippolyta sees and like what, what god are you messing with now daughter like what the heck and like well, that's well, the thing is it's, we have diana who like she was given a shell it could transform into a boat of any size and take you anywhere you need to go and also here's a red rag that you can wear okay Thank you, God. And I wish there was more. Even like you wanted a more intervention. I want it more of a visible thing because the the big thing also with when Hippolyta does say like, you know, what crazy God are you dealing with here? And she doesn't quite say like, our gods are nonsense, mom. They they didn't want to do anything. She's being very nice about it. She's being, I don't even think she says that. She's almost like, you know them. You they're don't a, talk they're a about religion flighty. during family yeah, visits like, they're and a stuff like flighty. that. She she doesn't fully say like, oh, they were jerks or they didn't want to. She she's very nice about it, but you end up, you Mom, know, would not you really shut up about your much. bullshit gods already. God. So by the end, you do see more. 
more of the shell thing than you ever saw before. You know, you end up having that more. But yeah, you it, end is up it big with enough this. for the gorilla knights to be hanging out under deck. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, but they got there. But yeah, you end up seeing more. And stay there. You know, as they go towards Hippolyta, as they were going towards killing Wonder Woman, and they they're going through all their sisters going there because they are there to protect Hippolyta number one. But now that they think that this eagle was an ill omen. And I I love the idea of back in the day, like this sort of thing, because it it just depends on your mood, what you're going to think is ill or good, because I could say a golden eagle might be a good omen in my mind. I always would think that. But, but because you're pissed off, it must be a bad omen. Oh my God. And yet the, the eagle, you know, the eagle has landed, Eric. They end up having the eagle. Oh, man, I just walked outside. I stepped in dog shit. Yeah. What a good omen yeah, that is. Yeah, really. If you ended up finding out at that instant that you won a million dollars, you might think that. But, yeah, they go to kill Wonder Woman. And I wish that's the one Next thing, thing I love I know, the art. I'm smearing myself in oh, dog my God, shit you're every just day. feces all, all over, <laughs> and then you spend your millions in cleaning bills. You end up there with- Or more feces. I kind of wish that the baby Diana was a little cuter. I'm not really down with her look. She kind it looks like you know she's there what do you want okay. she was made out of clay yeah well that, that's i need a little cuter baby when they end Look, up going no, no, to kill the her they you can't need is Hippolyta to be a little better sculptor maybe maybe <laughs> i do like at one point she's just you a little her baby swayze sitting Ooh. there freaking making a clay baby a with freaking baby. Unchained melody in the background yeah doing that that's what i mean but yeah she can't bring herself and then ends up saying at the one point later like you should have been mine and then wonder woman's like i don't know what the hell she meant by that but we'll figure it out later but yeah, the whole I do deal. like the idea too, where she is running the gauntlet. We have Alkion, who's the you know the leader of the circle, going about just waiting for Wonder Woman to finally show up if she does, because the rest of the circle are just putting her through the paces here as Wonder Woman makes her way through the woods trying to get to her mother, where she does find out that everything that the Amazonians, the the, the circle, have are weapons made from the gods. So everything they can have really mess her up. Arrows are puncturing her. You know, she's got a trident sticking into her arm. And I'm like, yes, pretty much you got Amazons versus Amazons and jacked up weapons. So I don't even know how Wonder Woman, especially for how many times she got pierced here, is going to get through this. Yeah. It, it reminds me of in the New 52 when she ended up getting shot by those god bullets and they, they pierced her and stuff. But she, yeah, she's going through. Bullets. Yeah, she's going through this and it is pretty bad that you think that she should be dead. <laughs> I mean, she is really getting the crap well, kicked out of her. Well, that's the thing. I thought she should be dead. Then all of a sudden, she puts on war paint, ties her hair up with freaking Kane's little knot there, and then goes and becomes Batman. Well, the progression is that they're fighting dirty. They're fighting the old Amazonian way, which is, you know, underhanded. She is going with this newfound way that we respect everyone and love it. She has to put that aside. At the point, she's like, okay, you want old time deal? You're going to get it. And then she starts doing it, realizing I can use some things to break these weapons i can go and through this i can use their weapons against each other when she does and it it is a shame though that you have to end up having her kind of summon the inspiration from her patron god of the moment and that's why she ends up yeah and that's why she ends up going nuts but it is more of the old amazonian way as she goes and i want to know more about this old amazonian way because the people who make up the circle you have philomela who is the guardian of the hunt and she has a bow and arrow all right that's a god bless bow and arrow awesome thing we have merto who's the head of the sea croppers she's got a god bless she smells like fish and they made fun of her eric even though she was, she, they, they loved her fish, but they made fun of her smell. I'm like, what but, a bunch of jerks. But you, got, but you got Karis here, who's the keeper of the Royal Menagerie. She's got a God-blessed club. 
I'm like, I'm like, your 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 weapon sucks. You know, the club. It was just the club. It, it's the club, Eric. You didn't realize it was blessed by Fifty Cent. You end up with this, uh, though. You, you get that. This is what I'm saying. You end the story, and now I see that these women who are there to pretty much protect the queen, even if they are, and in their weird way now, it's a little warped, but the idea, even when they are in prison all this time, they are still, they love Hippolyta. That's why Hippolyta went and chose them. They even said, why did you well, chose us? You love this the most, but they were shamed, but they weren't, they were bullied. All, almost all of them were bullied. I, I feel bad is that, is for them. Is that the subtext of this it whole is. story? I feel bad for them here because they end up doing this, and I think that they go over the top with their job because finally somebody has shown them some attention, some love, and they're doing it to the nth degree uh, because of that, and I feel bad for them. They're just a bunch them. of followers. Alkyone, if she wasn't there with them, they never would have gone down this path because of her jealousy of not having a baby like Queen Hippolyta. It takes one nut in the whole deal, but the others are going to follow. It's mean girls. All of a sudden here. That's when all When Wonder is. Woman defeats them, though, they do the right thing. They go back to their cells. Akion, <laughs> when she realizes that she might have been wrong this whole time, she goes and jumps off a freaking cliff and into the water yeah, below. She, she starts eating that chocolate. She thinks it's a weight loss thing, and she starts gaining them weights. She jumps <laughs> off the cliff. It's me. Speaking girls. of the Nazis going and taking off at the beginning of this whole thing, the idea that the Megalons got their, the Megalodons have their sitting. I'm like, that's right. Freaking Paradise Island is a scary place. Oh, it to is. Get to. It's real <laughs> scary. And I'm not even talking about the Megalodons. About the Dons, weird, right? That's, that's it, the weird, you know, invisible bubble stuff like that to keep them separated. I never think about the megalodons. I'm like, that's the most terrifying thing you could actually think of. No, oh, yeah, I, I'm waiting for the four horsewomen to go through that portal and just get eaten by <laughs> Mega Shark. Oh, <laughs> and that'd be and we'll, we'll only see it on a Sci-Fi Channel freaking show or something. But yeah, when this is going on on Paradise Island, we have I, Mega Shark and I, Gatorilla. I, I feel so bad for for the Circle, Eric, and I, I just want them to end up. I mean, they they end up make trying to make up words that'll catch on they're not catching on everybody's laughing at them and stuff like that i mean you really smell like fish yeah they smell like fish and you did this and you're not everybody thought I they get, were all I nonsense get all your food from the sea leave me alone i know really we're on an island jerks what, what do you want me to do i'm out there fishing for 20 24 7 for you assholes what, what do you think i'm gonna smell like Huh, Fabergé? Oh, out of everybody here, they seemed like they had a serious job. Alkion, who was the leader, sent them down a bed. She was the keeper of the armory, just hung out with a bunch of weapons. I'm like, Again, you know what? though, it's what because nobody showed them attention. She was she was best friends with a spear. She probably sat there, hey, how do you think I look today, Shield? You look great, Alkion. Ha, Shield. I love you. You look like shit. Hey, Trident, I told you to shut your mouth. See, this is the things that went on, Eric. And they were sad. They didn't have anybody. And then they had a place. But this is what you did. And you had a brother. Again. I know. <laughs> well, then my brother was a jerk. This is the, he's the Amazons in this whole deal. I'm showing you. He was Your an asshole. Your brother was the jerk. I needed, he was a jerk. And he was the Amazon. I need. So, yeah, really. I was pretty much the jerk. But still, who cares? It's me. Uh, I made him go in his room and talk to his shield and his trident knowing him he would have was weird knowing him he would have liked that trident he would have said the trident was nice to him he used to talk to us you know his black light posters and things probably hey there he was high hey there led zeppelin four what do you think of this that's a really neat bong i think your brother's an asshole yeah i love you led zeppelin four that's what he said. The man on the mountain there. Who hasn't his... said that, though? I mean, really? What about Led Zeppelin 4 or me? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant me. 
And yeah, everybody loves that, right? Everybody loves Try that. To put your brother off weird. He loves Led Zeppelin four. Okay, so he's heard Led Zeppelin. I okay, got you. Okay, so since since that it was an epic fail, since everybody, <laughs> I, I will throw in the idea that I do get angry. I believe it's Fast Times at Ridgemont High who spell out that you should listen to Led Zeppelin four when you're trying to get the ladies and then play Cashmere. No, there, no, that plays no. Cashmere. That ain't no Led Zeppelin four. Get out of town. I just that's no. been building in my mind for about twenty eight <laughs> years now eric but yeah i felt bad and i with the idea of this going i wish that this circle and this whole idea that seems interesting to me to at least give them a more of a two-dimensional three-dimensional deal at least where they were protecting the queen but also they found family eric that's all they ever wanted (laughs) and then you take that a step further Wonder Woman now is going to be taking the attention from the queen, who is the only one that made family with. And they never felt like sisters in a place where everybody's calling each other damn sisters. It drives them yeah, nuts. But even when everybody says that now, nobody means it. I know. <laughs> well, that's when you say sisters. But you end up where, you know, you have that jealousy of the babies as well. She's a little baby. <laughs> just a little, they, little baby. little baby. little baby. But yeah, they couldn't kill her, and that kind of comes into play. And now they're going to end where, hey, you know what? We're just going to burn Apollo. And in my mind, it is again. And now I'm going with this whole family deal of, well, if we can't have you to ourselves and you're not going to, we're just going to kill you, and then we can remember you the way we want to. And, you know, she's going to end up doing that. But Wonder Woman stops them. Wonder Woman ends up stopping them as as well as the Nazis as props. But yeah, by the end, everything goes to the deal and she goes back home. You end up There's having her There's a great term, gun. though, for the whole idea, though, that Wonder Woman, knowing that the gods would refuse to help her and her siege of her homeworld and saving her, you know, mother and stuff like that, asking her mom, like, look, they would not come to help. Why would you still worship these gods that refuse? Because they gave me you, daughter, she said. I'm like, oh, that was a great turn out of nowhere. And that's the thing. The story, it's funny because there are a lot of room for feels, but it's just everything kind of goes quickly. It's still good. I did like it overall. I just thought that a lot of stuff was left on the table. all the buildup, though, that we kept having the the, the circle for a little bit in each issue to build up to it, I really thought there'd be more of a gigantic climax than what we got here. I mean, the real feels are that Plastic Man's a pig. He just eats all of the cake before the birthday girl even shows up I have seen you at the break room. During somebody breaking yes. in stuff. Yes. Okay. Talking about Plastic Man. Well, really. I, I, when they say, hey, everybody. Hey, we're, Jim, there's we're, donuts here. <laughs> well, I'm going in an hour before everybody else. And- this, you're wrong there. This is, a, hey, everybody, at 930 break, we're going to have donuts. It's like quarter of eight. I'm like, so, 930. There's my knuckles cracking. Hey, Eric, uh, I'm going to go a little over there. <laughs> Never, And then I come out and I have it in the sleeve, Eric. What happens in the sleeve comes in the sleeve. That's why you didn't realize when oh, I do 930 this. 9.30 break is finally here. 9.30 break, huh? Oh, no. The best is, though, I come out. <laughs> it's in my sleeve because I would hide it in the sleeve yeah, of the hoodie. Yeah. Once you turn things into a magic trick, it's no longer you taking anything. I have now produced the donuts out of my hoodie. And then when we get to 930. digitation has no calories. You, you, don't, you don't realize too. And you realize, <laughs> but people wouldn't wear. Then at 930 break, I go into the break room. And then I have to be the one like an idiot to announce. Huh, looks like somebody went into the donut. <laughs> I have powdered donut crap all over my face. Hey there. And they're like, you did it. That's fine. No, no, that's cocaine. 
I have a yeah. really bad yeah. problem. Yeah. And there you go. I was telling uh, Logan, me and Logan were going through the idea. Logan took a quiz. He loves doing online quizzes. And it told him that he is 100% the most extreme introvert you'd ever have. He doesn't like any social situations. He tries to get out of them. I said, I have you beat Logan. Now I'm a little older, so he has time. But when I ended up seeing, and I told you about this, when I saw somebody at Wawa the one time, and they're like, hey, Jim, yeah, you used to work at that old place. I I know you from, and you went, I'm like, Oh, that's my twin brother. <laughs> Walked away. Right, Nobody's right. going to beat me there, right? So we we have to know what is the bigger deal here because the whole idea we got to figure out who is more introverted in this whole deal. You have set up your story where somebody recognized you at Wawa, yes. and you went with the story that no, that was your twin brother who you actually saw. Yeah. Now what I did okay. is that I I'm at Wawa. I go up to the same clerk every day, and he says to me, "Hey, I." Uh, we're neighbors. I saw you bringing out your garbage this morning and your pizza box. You must really like pizza. Oh, I stopped going to Wawa. I, well, here's the thing. I have <laughs> I you will beat. not deal with that. No, I have you beat there because we're going to go those lines. You know, this is true as well. I went to Yum Yum, a local coffee place. And when I go up to the drive through window, I said, <laughs> they're like, oh, can I help you? And I said, I'll have. And they go, oh, a large with three cream and four Splenda. Yep, I'm not coming here again. They didn't even throw shade at me. Didn't know me. Just that I knew them that they recognized me. Nope. I'm yeah, done. I didn't need that. I didn't go for a while. I did not go. Just because they knew my, they were actually very good at their job. And that's why <laughs> I, I don't want any of that nonsense. But yeah, I actually lied to that one guy saying that he must know my twin brother just so I could get out of talking to a guy that all I needed to do is, hey, man, what's going on? That's all. Like, hey, see you later. I, don't I, I haven't been to Wawa since. Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't been to Wawa. And that's why I'm you and I in still this went. room. I'm just in this room. I don't go anywhere. I am stuck in these four walls. They're talking to me, Eric. But what would you give this ending of the circle? I would end up giving this a 7 out of 10 because while I do enjoy the ending, the wrap-up with the circle is fun. Seeing Diana take on a real threat. Everything that we had leading up to this kind of felt... A little unneeded for the whole thing. Even the Gorilla Knights taking their, making their presence known here, sticking around, the whole Nazi super soldier thing. It's all kind of left behind because we have bigger fish to fry, but it's all over in this final issue. But it's still fun and the art looks great. I agree, Eric. I'm giving it a 7 out of 10 as well. Uh, and then we're going to move on, Eric. Brick, not hit back. Brick, not hit back? <laughs> that is a segue, Eric, to the next the next book is Aquaman Time and Tide over your own number four because I hit it by accident. Please, you, you don't have to lift the veil here. You know we're the magic they makers. Heard it. We're the magic makers here. You don't need to say anything. Aquaman Time and Tide number four, which is an issue, Eric, that came out in March of 1994, an issue titled King of the Sea, not Tuna of the Sea, Eric. King not chicken of the Sea? Of the Sea, not Chicken of the Sea, which would be more of the not Tuna of the Sea. <laughs> Very good. But Brick, not hit back. That, that's a long sound uh, bite, right? <laughs> it's, it's written by Peter David, pencils by Kirk Jarvinin. You end up having inks by Brad no, Venkata, which sounds like some sort of karate Jim that Cotta. you do like Jim Cotta. Uh, colors by Tom McCraw. 
and poured down the croesus on letters. He he shouldn't Gross. have tried to go up Mount Everest. He is really he a vampire. Shouldn't. He might be. I, I just always think that he is a vampire that has frostbite. Aquaman finishes up his dear diary time with an ocean master tale here. Peter David gives us the new status quo of Orm to match up with the new Aquaman, and we get to see Mara. Aqualad and Aqua Baby, I mean Arthur Jr. Uh, while Time and Tide hasn't been the greatest story that we've no. ever read, no, I like this issue and most uh, the most and had fun with the old vice versa Freaky Friday status of Arthur and Orm. The little Look, switcheroo the whole that we thing had back with this then. whole deal. We have a four issue many to set up the ideas like, all right, here are the big points of Arthur's life. As we move forward, we're going to have a new Aquaman series. So here's all the bullet points you're going to need to know going forward. And I realized after reading the four issue many, I'm like, None of that was all that really interesting. No. I'm like, you know, we 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 wind up with How Ocean Master at the end, which is a big deal for being the half brother of Arthur and stuff like that. But like, no Black Manta. We have no. a whole issue of banging a dolphin, and I'm like. Mm. He didn't really do a lot here for the whole thing. Even like the whole idea where he comes to Atlantis and becomes king. I'm like, that seems like a bigger point than when we jump, you know, to the next story where he's just already king, has Mara and has Aqua Baby and he's has just Aqualad. telling stories here, Eric. He's a historian and yeah, he but he's didn't leaping gigantic gaps in his Atlantis chronicles. <laughs> hey, listen, nobody said he was good. He even throws shade at himself. He says he's not that great at doing what he's doing. Is but... Peter David just talking? Yeah, really. And I actually thought that we were going to get Black Man in this uh, when you end up having the sub come i thought oh we're gonna see a little black mana maybe things like that which we did not but i I actually don't mind this and scavenger it looked like as well but uh i didn't mind this i like the switcheroo it's one of my favorite things to have like a vice versa but you know almost as good as hot chick it's not hot chick really (sighs) yet but it almost got there my favorite body switching movie right i don't like you hot chick Uh, But yeah, with that, I thought something was going on at the beginning. I actually misread it at first because what ends up having is Aquaman ends up having to explain. It's a funny thing where it it almost is like running into a brick wall of what we got from Orm before because it went a little beyond the scope of what Arthur would have known. So he says, yeah, you know what I wrote before really wasn't what I saw. It was hindsight 2020. And I thought... Does he mean he wasn't in that whole story? Like, was that he didn't bang a dolphin? Okay, that that's pretty good. No, but it was not just that the one. Continuing it was the one with deal. Keiko. Well, I know, but that was part of the whole deal. And I thought that what he meant was all of that nonsense. But yeah, all he meant was he didn't know that at it was Orm who killed I, him. I, at one point, I did tell a story where Orm was talking to his mother and father, and they weren't happy with him. I couldn't have known that at the time, obviously. But he also didn't know that Orm was the one who killed Keiko. He had no idea. Yes. He just finds that. That's I'm, the no, bigger the moment. Is, that's the big moment here where the reveal from you know Ocean Master about what he did. But I'm just talking about, I found out about things later on, like the little flashbacks to Orm knowing you know, you're being related to grandfather and stuff like that, and actually having problems with his own parents. I'm like, yeah, Aquaman couldn't have known any of that, huh? Yeah, yeah. So he's just like, yeah, you know, I kind of filled that in. It was poetic but the whole the whole thing is where we start out this deal with Aquababy being born. It's a great kingdom, Atlantis. Yeah. We have Aquaman, who is the king. Mera by his side. Aquaman, Aqualad by his other side. Friggin', you know, we have Atlantis at a whole, all-time high. Then Ocean Master shows up and is like, yeah. well, I'm going to challenge you, Aquaman. And this is the funniest thing to me because we have Ocean Master versus Aquaman, brother versus brother. And the way things used to be for how they are now – 
where Aquaman is the pure bred Atlantean and Orm is half human, half Atlantean. And the whole thing is that we have Aquaman, the king of Atlantis, throwing shade at Ocean Master for being a lousy surface dweller, an air breather. It's so Can good. you believe it? I'm like, oh my, can you believe it? I mean, really, <laughs> the, the thing's gone. And I do like, you know, you have Aquaman, you have Ariel. I, I mean, Mara, who looks exact. And then also you do see Volko, who pretty much looks like the dungeon master from the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. In my Volko's mind, looking good you have here. all those good. I do like him and I like the suits and things. I, I He can I, afford I, his Atlantean perm back in yeah, the day. Yeah, look at that. I, I did actually like and get a smile from the art in this. Very cartoony. Oh, and it's also, very cartoony. I like it, and, though. And a lot of naked people. Yeah, naked people. And also pretty much Aquaman being, you know, pretty much true to the deal. He's not faking the funk he says i miss the breasts i need the breasts this baby's taking up too much of the boobies Holy shit. i can't Can you get to that this whole thing this line of dialogue where Mary <laughs> is breastfeeding yeah, arthur he's jr pissed. And he's like, I remember a time when those breasts were all mine. I'm like, <laughs> but at least he's not faking the funk, Whoa. right? He's pretty Whoa, good. Aquaman. I'm telling you, when you have that credits page, I mean, it's really. Imagine it's like just pushing the baby aside, baby. That is, Those are my breasts. And then you have like, I like the breast. And by the way, Uncle Ed, he's getting busy right now. It's craziness. You end up having him not liking the. Atlantis yeah, back really. in the really. What else do you have to do? You know, usually people go sea. fishing. You're under the sea. You end up where he doesn't like the term aqua baby, which upset me. And you kind of get foreshadowing and it things like that. It is funny, too, what, what the idea later. with with Mara just being happy as hell that she's not referred to as aqua wife. I'm like, yes, but you will become aqua woman for a short time in the, in the future. Yep, you will. Uh, yeah, and I like the idea, too, where you almost have a battle of wits when Orm shows up, but he's kind of witless. So he shows up. I am the king of the oceans. What do you think of that, Arthur? Uh, yeah, go fine, go. You know, go and survey That's, your, your this kingdom. Is the best there. response, Ye ever. Majesty. Go off and do what you want. You know, it's going to take you a while. I'll see you in about That's a century. Percent water. Go yeah. and invest. I love go to your lands. Shit at him. He's like, go, go, say hi to all the halibuts and the tunas, right? You know, have a fun the chicken time. of the seas. You know, go and blow a seal or something. I don't know. Go have That's fun, jerk. Uh, but yeah, he ends up saying like, yeah. I actually, what I thought, what he was saying is, you have Orm show up. I am the king of the oceans. Like, thank God, I'm sick of this. Like, have it. But then also goes beyond that and says, okay, because Orm then's like, oh, it's almost like you get three wishes and he's he's going to get the monkey paw. He's going too broad. So then he has to center it. No, no, no. I don't mean the oceans. I, I'm king of Atlantis. Oh, okay. Ah. So what, you're going to kill me. You think all these people are just going to bow down to you? You know, you think Mara and, and Aquaman are going to I'm right for you, just, man. This is, you're not thinking this through there, pal. You're really going to cause some trouble. Huh. Kicks the sand and walks away pretty much to go and get a sub in my mind. He just leaves. And they say, <laughs> oh, why'd you let him leave? Hey, he's nonsense anyway. And as even he's leaving, that's idea, where he's yelling, though, go back to the surface, you asshole. Well, and it was kind even of the fun. whole idea, though, that we end issue three, knowing you and I and all the other readers out there, knowing that Orm is the one that attacked Keiko, almost killed her and stuff like that, that, you know, Orm is related to those people in the in Alaska. But then we just jump here. We're not told how Orm found out about his heritage when he became Ocean Master. We just take this gigantic leap. And it's weird. It's almost like the idea that we're doing like, 
you know, burns like Superman, Man of Steel to reset the whole Superman series, but we just have little, you know, vignettes of big important things in Superman's life, but it's not done as well, well as again, the Well, again, the weird thing about this is it was going to continue the series, and then it, it ended up being this, and then it'll continue after this and stuff like that. It is weird in a four-issue deal that hey. is a mini-series here, but it wasn't supposed to be that originally, the, the, I guess. The wordsmith that Arthur Izzo writing his Atlantis Chronicles, Mera, so I was later told, was nursing Arthur Jr., and I was serenely dreaming of the old <laughs> days when Mera's breasts were reserved for me. Yeah, like, reserved for me. He's, if somebody down the line is reading this like, what a perv. I mean, really, this Arthur guy. He let me really, tell you about he her was, heaving bosom, dear he, reader. He was sexed up. It really, and then you did <laughs> see when he closes it you actually see that there is a picture of you know a, a, a pirate on there he's just writing a romance I, I, novel I just it's Fabio know. on the cover I what just want Fabio as Aquaman I can totally see yeah, that but yeah, the whole that's thing, all I want to know too because we are continuing the Atlantis Chronicles when things are going on and Aquaman was Busy, but I can tell you about this, dear reader, because he filled me in on the four one one about where, <laughs> how far he got with Tula later on. Yes. Also, with that, you do have the big reveal where you have, you know, Orm. Ah, my, I thought I was that heritage, but my mom, she got drunk and said she was stepping out on my dad. She, she banged ended, a wizard. She ended up banging Atlan, and oh, hell broke loose. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's my dad too. Oh my. No, 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 no. See, it doesn't even work out that well for the big reveal that they are related because it takes Arthur, you know, recollecting <laughs> what Orm told him to sit there. It's a shock to him. You know what? He told me this all those years ago, but writing it down here, the depth, Holy the real Christ. depth of what it really meant. We are half brothers. All he needed to do was write, in quotes, undersea wizard. And he's, he looks like he's <laughs> a inflatomate all of a sudden with the surprise look <gasps> on his face. Oh my God. God. And I love it too. He's like, oh, undersea wizard. Oh my God. I didn't know there were three of those out and about, but it does. It is Aquaman thinking now, like, oh my God, like we're related. Holy moly. And then actually seems to throw the book because he hates that. Uh, but yeah, you have. Mara being kick-ass, she ends up saving because while this is going on, Orm does come back to pretty much destroy things. You get some weird little back-and-forth comical lines between Aqualad and Aquaman where they don't take the idea of nuclear missiles being shot at a city under the sea as any sort of threat. They're joking about, hey, what's that, a present? Well, looks like we'll have to return that. Do we have a receipt? I want them to be like, please, like, shut up and do it. Ends up destroying. He's doing stick right now. They're they're all working on their stand-ups here, and it ends up where the sub gets damaged, but that's where Aquaman and Aqualad go in, but they are... It's kind of a trap. They end up I getting just, hung this upside whole down. Thing. Like, I don't understand the idea that we have Orm, who cannot be any more of a bad guy from what we saw. He disrespects his family because he cherishes the white man's ways of doing stuff and throws it in their face about how well he's doing. He sees his cousin banging somebody else, gets mad because he should he be banging his her. cousin, yeah, yeah. Well. tries to murder her. He finds out about his heritage, goes and confronts his half brother, trying to take everything he has. Mm. I'm like, you just, you know, you're not doing anything right no, every step of the way here. That's Orm. what we call a villain, Eric. That's and what we call a I, douchebag. I do see also, though, just like the circle. I should be the one banging my Eskimo cousin. At, at one point, you end up. Yeah, I don't want to just rub nose with her. You end up having Aquaman. <laughs> Eskimo pie. When Aquaman sits there and says, <laughs> you end up where 
he says, you know, these these bad guys, they seem to monologue, which, you know, that's a trope and all yeah. that. But again, I think that all they need, they just need somebody to talk to, Eric. That's it. Because Orm, he's mad. But what he is yelling about while he's yelling at Arthur. Circle? He, yeah, he's just yelling that <laughs> my parents hated me. They, they didn't pay attention to me. That's all it seems that he's yelling. It's not like he's saying, I'm going to take over the oceans and then I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to blow up the moon and then the sun. No, he's talking about, yeah, you know. Oh, my my dad didn't like me. He just needs therapy. That's my all he needs. My father the waste and my mother accusing me of ruining her life. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Eh, that's all he needs. Uh, he just needs a shoulder to cry on. You, whether you tried or to not. kill your cousin well, because uh, she wasn't yeah. begging you. All yeah, right, well, look, there's, your parents, I'm sure. This, love he's mad I'm about. sure these aren't the worst of your offenses going on for your parents to hate you as well. well. He's a little ticked off. And, and even with that, Aquaman does even have a little bit of an aside that's Seems to think like eh, his parents kind of didn't like him because he was trying to make things better. <laughs> he was trying to modernize things a little, but they didn't like that either. Becoming drunk one fine night yeah. and telling me I was a bastard, spewing an insane fabrication of how she was seduced by some sort of undersea wizard. Don't you think that that is something that every oh, every every villain has heard? I mean, didn't you hear that one time I where your mom this. your mom told you that she had made love to an undersea but, wizard, but right? I just banged my cousin and got over it. Yeah, really. Well, you were allowed to do that. Arthur wasn't there to stop it. I mean, the undersea Poor wizard Orm. was kind of just a, a guy on the corner selling meth. But we all have our imaginations, Eric, that, yeah. that we like to tell tales. And just imagine <laughs> that, though. If you go back, the idea is, uh, hey, I uh, just worked a, a long shift down at the snowmobile factory. Hey, Mom, what's going on? Oh, no, you're drinking again, Mom. I told you. Yeah, you, you're my mom. You're not even your father's son. I was I was whoring it up with a wizard. He's like, oh, geez, this whole thing has gone nuts. And he's had a bad childhood. That's all it is. You know, you have to feel bad for him. But, yeah, at the end, he's just a douchebag. And you end up having Mara, <laughs> you know, pretty much show how great she is and uses her hard water abilities there with the water hydrokinesis while riding on a whale that's pretty kick ass and saves her man and they go off and that's it and pretty much Aquaman like I don't really like writing this shit down it takes a lot of time is what I got from it at the I'm end I'm going to go get a burrito yeah. this is bullshit <laughs> I, I think that I have run out of ink X-Files is coming on soon <laughs> I don't have time uh, for this what's that there's a new season of Stranger Things I am in the hell with this writing this is for the birds or the fish and then he goes again 1994 he said yes things isn't on yet right it is you don't know how he goes he can go through time with his abilities eric uh yeah (laughs) so he ends up just deciding that he doesn't really like writing his diary there and he gets done and that's it that's what we have to go forward with uh i think i like this a little more than you i i thought that some of it was fun you did have some it is fun the jokes. thing is, is it's doing a lot of the tropes of an era that they're trying to recreate but you know give a new spin on things so people are in the on the like are in the know going forward with the new aquaman series i can appreciate it for what it is i like the art a lot but you know overall this this whole time and tide is not a good mini series at all and this this isn't issue number two, but it's not that great. That's right. I'm rating this one. We had issues where he wants to make love to a dolphin. He, you know, Orm in the issue wants his cousin. Uh, so <laughs> at least this one it was a little more hard hitting, and I didn't mind it as much. But what would you Those give it? Those breasts are mine, baby. Back away. 
I would end up giving this a six out of ten. I'm going to give it a seven. I'm going to go with what we did or what at least I did for all of the issues. They kind of ended up kind of the same way in my mind. Like, oh, well, it's over. We read them and off we go. Undersea wizard seduced my drunken mother. (laughs) My undersea wizard ended up getting down with my drunkard whore of a mother. And then that's how it went. It was one of those. That's how the cookie crumbles. It was one of those 30 days of night. You've heard of those, haven't you? Vampires didn't come that year but the undersea wizards did all horned up and all hands and arthur ends the whole thing by saying and by the way i believe in my mind the zombie craze has ended now i'm done writing goes off voila he was wrong just like you eric but yeah it's okay <laughs> the, the one thing though i did like and it might just be our copy but it made me laugh so much that i i'm going through it again was and then i saw this this golden haired man next to my cousin. Then when you see the flashback, it's pink. <laughs> what what happened to that hair? But yeah, I was giggling at that too. I'm like, who is that? But at the that's end, flashback it was okay. Colors, oh, again, that's what happened. His, his mind's going a little. His, he's still thinking of his drunken mother who has sex with a undersea. I mean, really, of all the excuses you can have, you know, hey, I'm going out to get a pack of smokes. Oh man, I was drunk. Uh, I got drunk and screwed an undersea wizard. Can you believe Seduced. it? It was not really my it fault. Was not my doing. <laughs> he used his undersea magic on how me. How can you stop Made an undersea wizard? Did. And like, was this just Chris Angel swimming in the pool in Las he Vegas? I don't understand. Me. It. He might freak the shit out of me. You don't understand. <laughs> Have you seen him? Listen, Mom, I told you to stay away from him and David Blaine, please. Especially David Blaine, Mama. I would screw an undersea wizard, but I am not getting near that David Blaine. How dare Dirty you? Dirty street magician. Oh, <laughs> he just would want to make love to me in the sewers, he would. Uh, yes, on a block of ice. For some damn reason. How dare you? I like undersea wizards. <laughs> I didn't know that they were, they were so seductive. This will be your new move. Don't let Jess know that as you go out, you're just uh-huh. going to be in this, the mindset of an oh, undersea wizard. I am going to become an undersea wizard. You, you are wait and see. an undersea wizard. I got to do some Eric. weird stuff with some aquanet, though, so it looks like my hair is constantly well, underwater. Really, actually, so it's just floating no, no, above no, me. No, no, You sweat like a bastard. I mean, really, every time I see you, it looks like you it looks like you just came out of the damn ocean anyway you're soaked they're like why are you so wet you sweaty but that is not the sweat, only person my love. i make wet is me that is ocean water lick it and you will taste the saltiness oh my Lower. also stick your, stick your ear in my asshole and you'll hear the ocean four plays weird for undersea wizards <laughs> These are the tricks that the undersea wizard does. He's like, look, here, give me a dollar bill. All right, you got eight. That's the undersea wizard magic, Eric. I don't it's think awful. I like this magic. <laughs> it's awful magic. I understand why Superman's always pissed Voila, about the magic. You have hepatitis. Oh, my. Oh you might my want to God. get checked. It, actually, it's okay. Let me see what's Ta-da. in. Let me see what's in your purse. All right, there you go. There you go. All right. Is this your no pictures of kids? Score. Is this your doctor's report saying that you have hepatitis? 
It is. Yeah. They're all excited. Oh, my. Well, he ends up actually pulling that out of his mouth because he, he ate it before. Oh, my. What, what sort of undersea magic? I'm telling you, that's all the thing is. He shits up fruit salad, ends up putting it in a, a thing, and then all of a sudden, that is the card that you picked, Eric. There you go. Undersea magic, <laughs> my friend. Like you doing undersea magic. magic. That's it, Eric. That's it for the books. Uh, what was your book of the week amongst the three that we ended Ended up talking about on this and the Patreon spotlight because I know what it is. So do I. It's yeah. deceased, unkillable. Yeah, number that three. was really, Fine really finale. good. And and actually, if if you're not on the Patreon, you're missing out because I Seriously. actually was so happy that for once you actually had the enthusiasm that I did as well. I mean, you shared the exact enthusiasm. We're all fired up for more unkillables and more of the deceased, even though they, they dropped that surprise book that day. And we got it there. Surprise but, digital book. We yeah, got Dead Planet coming. Let's yeah. hope it is strong as this three issue we'll money see. that we just finished we up. We shall see. But I do want to point out because some people were asking uh, the episodes that come out on Friday, they are listed as spotlight episodes, though they are numbered. I number them because oh, we, you're padding the me numbers. And Eric, gotcha. you know, we, it's not padding the numbers if you actually are recording an episode. We end up having almost 500 total episodes on our feed. And, you know, it gets. It bothers me that they're not all listed as I know what it is. legacy numbering. Nobody else does. They're like, oh, you only have 286 Jim's episodes. Insane. He and I'm needs like, to have more no, episodes. We have, and really, I took a lot of the things off that didn't make We, we have like 520 episodes. I thought an undersea there. wizard took them off. <laughs> he did. He used that undersea magic. He seduced me. Well, he ended up making the numbers disappear as well as my pants. Undersea magic. Oh, my. But Ta-da. yeah. <laughs> To die, indeed. We're, we're going to have a bunch more books next week. More Why books are coming out. I think it's Job out. from Arrested Development. It now. does seem like I hear the final <laughs> countdown going as he's pulling, I'm pulling a dolphin out of my ass. You end up having a bunch more books coming out this next week. So we're going to start doing the two books that are new on the Patreon spotlight. Up until now, we've had classics. We've also had a combo of new and classics. But with all of them coming back, two of the issues that I'm going to tell you from this list will be picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh Group. Beep, boop, beep, boop. And they will be on the Patreon-only deal. And if you want to listen to that amongst a ton of other shows, go over to patreon.com slash weirdscience. Check it out. Check it out, you should. But here are the books that are coming Top out, that. including some that we won't be talking about. But I just, as we're going into this, where people don't seem to be aware of what's coming out. Uh, Rob Lewis ended up asking me what was coming out this next week because he said he looked at like five lists. One is wife's grocery list. I, I don't know why he did that, but it was something where nobody <laughs> knew what was do. coming out. Right. He's like, so what books are coming out? Uh, brown sugar. Okay. I like that one. Milk. Eggs. Yeah, I, I don't really like that milk, but eggs, I'm down. Uh, 10 out of 10. But here's what's coming out Aquaman number 59. Speaking of Aqua Baby, we find out what baby Andy, Eric, is up to because like that name she went baby missing. Andy. She went missing, and it seemed like all It's got to be that diabolical ocean it's, master, isn't it? No, it, it's the undersea freaking magician again. You end up with a basket, of, a magician basket now. full of heads. 
Yes, I don't like wizard. I like but just basket full of heads that are continuing and I believe finishing up that run deal of that Hill House book. We have Batman Beyond number 43, which Eric will be reviewing on our site and Batman Beyond Mark will be reviewing on the podcast books of magic number 19 where you will not see any of that. You want to see a magic trick? Watch that book disappear from anything weird science. It's gone. He-Man and Masters of the Multiverse. I believe that is ending as well. Another one that has ta-da disappeared. Brandon kind of fell off of that. I'll see if he's going to do that on the site. Justice League number 45, which me and you are dealing with, with the whole heading off to Tartarus. Eric, is, is that, that what, what it is? Who With knows? the Spectre has shown up. The Spectre has shown up. Eric, you also have Suicide Squad number five, a book that I was really behind before the shutdown. I hope that more people Captain end back, up baby. doing Yeah, and it looks like some people are going to die. Teen Titans number 41. We're going to end up having more of the, the thing with gin and stuff like that. See all that? All I'm telling you, that's a book that really went out of my mind since we had the shutdown. The Flash number 754. That one you know about. We're going to have Paradox going. Uh, the Low, Low Woods, number five, another Hill House book that we don't cover. Some Low, and Low the Woods. Terrifics, number 27, which I should be doing on the Spotlight episode. I mentioned that on the Friday and show. At least from the cover, it looks like we're going to have a buttload of guest stars yeah. in that issue. Buttload, Eric. A buttload indeed. But that is it. Ta-da. That is it for our deal. I think that that whole deal with the Undersea Wizard, it, it has drained me. <laughs> This has got me really sad. Wizard better be in the title this oh, week. Oh, my. I better remember that, right? Uh, there was one, <laughs> I think it was the last couple of weeks, there was something that we ended up saying constantly in the show. I ended up where I tend to write the title before I edit and then realize, mm-hmm. holy crap, we really, you know, d- did that. And I had to, I think it was the honeycomb hideout last, last <laughs> deal where I didn't even have that in the deal at first. I had to change it, but I think undersea wizard will be in the title Good. of the podcast. That Wonder should woman be. classics and the underwater, and underwater and wizards, underwater wizards. All right there. Oh no, it's undersea wizard. I'm and, sorry. Oh my. See, I said magician. Now we're just changing it up. We're rewriting. <laughs> History. Yeah. We'll write our own little dear now diary. We're in the title now. now I'm dear angry about diary. it because I can't do it. I'm Aquaman and I am mad. Uh, but yeah, that is it for this week. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks everybody Mwah. who wrote in with memories of Reggie earlier. Things like that, all that jazz. And Eric, what do we say at the end of the podcast? Everybody have a great week. We Keep it weird. weird. And we'll see you in see seven. See you in seven. Very good. But Rick, not hit back.